It hurt in the dick hole. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, because that's where you're doing all the yanking. Help me out of there. <laughs> I just want to ask some of these Star Wars fans. I'm like, well, what's the Star? What Star Wars movie are you looking for? Like, well, what? Star Wars is not the, your favorite indie band that you, that's no longer cool because everybody else <laughs> likes it. Right. It's fucking Star Wars. And if nothing else happened, as long as nobody reached in and ripped something out of my dick, I'm ahead. That's what I'll be telling myself from now on. Right, we are live. Welcome to Long Walk, Short Drink, episode 68. I am Palmer, podcasting to you from beautiful Dayton, Ohio. This is Dave, podcasting to you from very rainy uh, Northfield, Minnesota. <laughs> oh, it was over. It's actually a little overcast out here, but it was. It has been gorgeous the last couple of days. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, great walks with Tank around the block. Oh. Excellent. Yeah, excuse me. Jesus, God, you're just getting started. So I, <laughs> last night. Palmer and I already potted for two hours. Right? Yeah. We weren't recording. Just, yeah. No. I don't know why. I thought that'd be funny. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> we've done that before though. Like, uh, that's why Moto is usually on the ball on texting us like, get, hey, I'm waiting here. <laughs> right. So Always 40 started. minutes away yeah. from what we were trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so la- this morning, I essentially, I woke up at 2.30, 3.30, 30 and 4.30, all oh. with cramps in different parts of my body. Oh, and, my God. Yeah, it was awful. And uh, at the 4.30 one, I was just like, fuck it. I guess we're starting the day early today. And so Whoa. I've just been, uh, I shot, like got up, I walked tank that early, showered and went into work way early, which was nice. Cause then I got to come home and just a little early. So oh, shit, but now I'm dragging ass. I bet. Yeah. That's, I need, uh, I, <laughs> I actually, I should have done this before we went live, but I, I need to go turn on the light. Cause that's part of the problem is like, it's like, Oh sure. Oh, yeah. ambient in here. Like I'm watching a movie. It does. And, yeah, it looks uh, <laughs> moody. Yeah. It looks cool, but I can't ma- imagine it might put you to sleep if I don't. So <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you can hit those. Yeah. Hang on one second. Let me, uh, Oh yeah. Those are both muted already. Cool. I'll bring up the, yeah. So give me one second. Meantime. Sure. Oh, wait the fuck up, Palmer. Jesus. Okay. All right. There's that guy. Oh, Moto is back. Guess who's back? Back again. Whoa. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is an old Palmer's Picks move. Actually, I don't, you don't do this anymore, but you did this a lot uh, back in that cable access show where you would rub your hands but you would always separate them kind of like this that you would like pull them apart kind of an opposite yeah it's in the it's i saw the best of show sort of recently i and, uh, i um like, there's a lot of that i i do a lot of weird things with my hands regularly <laughs> so how you been man I've been uh, I've been so much better than the last few times. I feel better now physically and otherwise than I have in in months. Really, uh, I actually even have something exciting to drink. Do you have something to open? Oh sh- no! I was okay I just brought don't. water, but I just <laughs> that's this, fine. You so. can click it. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do that. Um, I had been teetotaling here for a while, at least on mic, but uh, we were getting our. One of the you know, the tricks I mention often for controlling my intake of everything is just access to. So, so uh, on, I, I try. I, oh, I, I want to do this right. Let me take you. Uh, let me take stash. Oh sure, yeah, She's yeah. If you want beer. something, yeah. Anyways, so please continue. I didn't know. It. Oh no, that's all right. So I was going to uh, yell down, and then I was like, "Oh, you could just text her, and then you could didn't have to interrupt at all." Oh, but I love it when you go, babe. Hey, babe. <laughs> You bring me up a beer? Thanks. <laughs> Just bring me those uh those two voodoo rangers in the fridge. Thank you. Wicked. See marriage rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever meet uh the bride's uh, old friend and work colleague when she was living in northern Minnesota Spud? Or uh, do that, you remember hearing uh, about I him? I think so. I definitely know oh, that I've heard that name before. Floated around remember. a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember if he was ever. I don't know. I don't know that you would have ever had opportunity to actually meet him, but we talked about him a lot, and he was a fun guy. Was he uh, like, at your guys's wedding? No, um, they uh, no, he didn't come out for that, and they they haven't hey, been in me. touch for years. Hi, Dave. Hi. Oh, <laughs> is that what those are? Yeah, this is those perfect. Are the right ones? Okay. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Right, you have an opener, right? Yeah, I got I got one. Okay, have a good show. Thanks. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. All right, but we're here to go. Spud used to, I mean, to give uh, viewers, listeners uh, uh, an idea. Um, uh, well, I can't really say where she worked, but there, it was, I mean, regardless of what the job was, it was actually like a cube farm. Um, uh, and his first day or his first week or something like that, there was something that happened where he put up some pictures like around his cubicle. I can't remember exactly what they were. I feel like Reservoir Dogs might have there been might have been a picture from Reservoir Dogs or, or something. And the bride chimed was like, "Oh, you like this, this, and this? That's awesome." And uh, and then eventually, like the story got back that because uh, because he he relayed a story about talking to his wife about his first week that because of his colleague's reaction to some of these pop culture things that would be very much in line with the things we're fans of on the show he's like oh it's gonna be okay babe like it's i think i'm gonna fit in here <laughs> but he was all worried about it which yeah in a lot of ways is not something you would think this guy would be insecure about his um 
social um, sort of circle or status. But uh, it's actually pretty brazen to just be like, I'm going to put all these photos up of these things I like, and then if other people yeah. like them, they will comment on them. You know, but he that, reminds me a little bit of uh, John Bernard from WCTV. Oh, days. really? A little bit, kind yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. That kind of like a certain guy of a. Well, he's our. I don't know if he would have been our age now then probably a little older still but like still into like he loved horror movies yeah i'll uh, probably love still and he used to say all these things that i remember um which is why i bring him up but with the horror movies he would always go like i own it <laughs> 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 talking about things like human centipede or whatever but he oh. uh and he used to call me um tubby little bitch <laughs> tbl for short tbl yeah <laughs> I was just like 25, 26 and just kind of starting to put on like the, you know, not substantial, but not unnoticeable weight that I put on from probably age 25 to, uh, 39, you know? Um, but that was, he would, he would make fun of me about that, but I bring him up now, um, because he, one of the things he used to say that I loved was, uh, yeah, man, monogamy rocks. But <laughs> 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 he had it, <laughs> uh, which is what I thought when you <laughs> shouted down for the, the beers. And it does. <clears throat> and actually, the bride um, is interested in what I'm drinking, so she might pop in uh, at some point to get a sip. But I, what, so the, yeah, so let's, the story the long that, walk, yeah. that you were telling that I interrupted <laughs> For me to like do the meatloaf, raise a, <laughs> a meatloaf. You know that that's I don't think I know that specific from maybe uh, I do but I forgot. Uh, Wedding Crashers with Will Ferrell. Oh like, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I feel like it is. That's awesome. I, I I love it when you do that. Move your fucking skateboard. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to get derailed. I started thinking about no. Vince Vaughn and uh, I'm Mr. sorry. No, I'm sorry. I am. <laughs> I am actively trying to derail. Jesus. That right? That's how. It's all par for the course here. Yeah. I'm, I. Uh, I applaud it. <laughs> I embrace it. Um. And I had several detours that were unprompted. <laughs> um. Okay. So the but the I try to control access to food and you know alcohol and stuff like that. So. On when on Sundays, which is our sort of wine and cheese night, as we call it, um, I'll they'll not get wine prior to that, so as to not be tempted to drink it. So when I was I was getting wine this last Sunday, I thought, oh, you know, I'm feeling better. It'd be fun to maybe have a beer or two on the on the podcast, but like I didn't want to get if if I get a six pack, I'm not gonna have one or two beers, or right. I'm gonna drink on another night, which I you know, to finish it off, which I don't want to do, uh, or have to hide it in the garage which is ridiculous. And so <laughs> I was like, maybe there's some singles. So I went over to the, to the, to, cause it's kind of a newer store. Anyway, I saw this, which is, uh, big wood brewery, morning wood coffee stout. <laughs> yeah. Like, that will do nicely. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so that's what I, that's what I've got going. And that is what the 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 bride thought she might come in and taste so if she does i i either have to kill the so, camera or she says she might um army crawl <laughs> which i think would be the preferable especially <laughs> since i can see the floor over there like yeah. i can see from the I'd door be like off. stay off to the right <laughs> yeah yeah uh 
What do you got there? I saw the zombie, but um, I didn't see the rest. Oh, of it. no, that was just the six pack for that. That's all gone. Um, I'm just drinking. It's New Belgium's. Uh, I really love this. It's it's so good. It's Voodoo Ranger, but it's there. They have th- like three different flavors of this. And all of them are good. The original Voodoo Ranger is delicious. And then they have um, Citrus Ranger, I think is what it's called. But that's like a has like <clears throat> tangerine flavor in it. And this is the nice. Imperial Imperial IPA. It's like 9%. It's really good, though. Good. Cool. Let's do uh, it. We haven't yeah. done this in as long as I can remember. But yeah. when you were holding it up so well, and since they're interesting cans, let me do old-fashioned screen grab. And I'll make that the... the uh, yeah. Okay, so there you go. I'm going to leave all this in. So a little bit to your right so that I can see your face. Yeah. And, oh, and now look into the camera. Wicked. Now can you do one of me? You want me to do a screenshot? Accordingly? I can't do it of my own self. Or wait, can I? Well, oh, I can I just like, can, can you like get a frame? No, I can. Yeah, I can just put it up. Yeah. All right, hold on. I got my own self. That way you have the media right there. But I need to not talk. There, there. I'm going to click on you so that you stay on I clicked there. On, there, I clicked on my own self. Okay. Uh, so, but to get off of me. You just click it again, and then the white frame goes away. Okay. I think I'm on you, but that's fine, actually. Uh, okay. Well, let's um, let's crack these motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, ready? wait. Oh, wait, shit. Yeah. Duh. We've <laughs> <laughs> been up since 430. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. On three. And three. Awesome. It's foaming. Oh, that smells good. (laughs) Oh, shit. It's creamy. (laughs) So many. That's what she said. (laughs) I was dealing with the the mess. morning wood and like big wood. (laughs) And it's creamy. And then I said I was dealing with the mess. I didn't didn't even. That's it's all head. (laughs) Look to the almost almost to the bottom. It's like a all right, well, like a beer I'll, can down there. Like my yeah. got a buddy like this. <laughs> Cheers. All right, I'm gonna text her. I think she's still in the tub. Awesome. Um, but I suppose uh, before we get too far away from it, and just uh, to close the loop for our uh, listeners, um, I got the kidney stone thing. Like, is all sorted out. Like, I got the stent out, which. Um, the straw learned, is out of the hot dog. <laughs> yes, yeah. So when they go in for kidney stone surgery, the your I think it's your 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 reader, the tube that or whatever connects your kidney to your bladder and stuff. Yeah. They have to put in a stent to keep it from swelling shut because yeah. they have to go through there. They go in Which through the hole up there. Yeah. 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 Uh, or I'm sure whatever similar, not dick hole, but <laughs> your, your urethra for women. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so I had that in, and the, my urologist who, um, did all this, like, I think I've mentioned, I just don't love his bedside manner and he never had kidney stones. So he doesn't really know what these things are like, but by general practitioner, my new general practitioner, um, I mentioned last time had, and so he like, he answered questions for me and you know, he said that everybody's different for him. He had a stent in for a month. He's wow. like, I, I barely noticed it. Like I maybe sometimes when I was sitting down, I could kind of tell there was something. Um, but yeah. And then he even described the stent removal, which actually me- made me feel so much better about the horrific right. prospect of what the procedure is, which is they don't put you out. They go in through your dick hole again. 
without putting you out or giving you yeah. like they give you something to supposedly numb it but even that they like squirt down in there but anyway I was so terrified of that, but he made me feel better. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. No, it's okay. It's because I, I, I would mean, I cry and scream if I didn't. Like it's, it makes it's, it makes my pee pee tense up. Like oh, I've been terrified of it. Yeah, or of anything going in there for. That is an out months. hole. It's an out hole. Yeah, like, it's an out. That is an out hole. Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. I thought that so many times. Um, but anyway, so the the surgery, I talked to you like two days after that, and I was having trouble peeing, which I didn't detail too much. And I don't know, maybe I'll end up doing so here. But the, so the, the urologist, bef- like after everything, he's like, you know, he, I think he tried to tell me what to expect or something. He was like, it could be, you know, everybody's different. He's like, 1% of people experience a pain while they urinate in their kidneys and it's, it's basically it's like it basically feels like you're passing a stone every time you pee he's like it's very small like one percent of people but i want you to be aware of it turned out this guy is one of the one percent what <laughs> yeah so the problem i was having was every time i pee like the first 24 hours you pee and it hurts like sharp pain in your pee hole because they fucking went in there you know right right um so that's sucked, but you know, I've been anyway, uh, but I had with it this 1% thing, which I can't remember. Cause I tried to not, I really didn't want to know many of the specifics cause the mental part of a lot of it, I feel like yeah. made it even worse for me and all the dread and stuff. So he described it and he described it again when he kind of confirmed that was probably what I had going on for the week that the stent was in. But it was something to do with like, something kind of backing up the tube or something to your kidney. So essentially though, when I peed each time, which is once an hour (laughs) and a couple times a night, um, while, you know, sleep, trying to sleep or whatever, it would feel like a sharp, it felt like someone attached, like, you know, like jumper cables, (laughs) like clamps to the, my kidney and my left testicle and pulled it. (laughs) It was, sucked it sucked (laughs) and uh, and i uh, so that was like that every time i peed Uh, and i i i'm so sorry (laughs) thank you yeah i sort of you know i just share it by way of i don't know why i know (laughs) it's terrible it's terrible (laughs) so it was like that for the whole so whole time it was in like some people don't notice i was one of the one percent that to hear this guy describe it it's like it feels like you're passing a stone every time you pee um so it's, it was hard. <laughs> and sometimes, oh, it's gross. Yeah. Some, uh, the pee was all color, is like everything from Merlot to Rose, but most, <laughs> or somewhere in between was the color for about a week there, uh, which was all just like scary and painful and sucked. And I it was, so it was much harder than I expected it to be when I had, as I had the thing in, but I, which I talked to you during that last time. Yeah. Then Tuesday, a week a week ago yesterday, I had the stent removed. Yeah. Um. Uh. We talked them into giving me a Valium for the day, just to help with the anxiety. Like take it a half hour before. Maybe two. Yeah. The I one time when I had wisdom teeth surgery, uh, and I was like twenty one, I think. They asked me ahead of time, "Are, are you nervous or, or whatever? Like, do you think you'll be nervous? We could give you something to take on the day." And I was, so they did, and I. 
it knocked me for a loop, whatever it was. I, yeah. I, uh, I remember like, I think, like, I think I was nervous. Like I had to take a shit <laughs> type, type of nervous. And I think they had to, um, come into the bathroom to like help me because i was just out of it <laughs> like from whatever oh, that was shit. which is like kind of i mean you, you don't want the people worst, to have to... like medical luck ever most embarrassing too yeah yeah like it's all like butt and dick problems <laughs> or if it's in your mouth they have to go into the bathroom like i don't know where my drawers are down around my ankles or what but hopefully i'd flush who knows oh my gosh <laughs> But that was my only experience with something like a Valium or whatever. So there I was are hoping... women there. Well, not women. <laughs> I don't mean to imply that only like there are people who still tell that story that were in that office that day. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> remember that guy that fucking got all high and we gave <laughs> him that. Office. We gave him that volume. <laughs> that volume and. Like they don't do that. You went in the bathroom and thought he had to shit and was in there for forty-five minutes. (laughs) Didn't do anything. We had to go get him. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, they are still telling that story, sir. I don't know. I don't remember it. But other than the vague notion that that happened, you should feel great. Like you gave that to them that they get to they get to relive that. Yeah. That's a good way, way to positively reframe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, seriously, like the, I guarantee you, there is at least one person that that is their in their, their top go-to. five yeah. go-to stories. Like, oh, that's it might know. be one of mine now. That's that good. Yeah. Like, you went for wisdom teeth, and they had to pull you out of the shitter beforehand. Beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> it had to help me out of there. <laughs> what did you get lost? What? No, I think I was just so wonky that I couldn't. I don't know if I didn't know oh, what I was doing or my what. Gosh, that, I'm sorry. This just totally overshadows all the straw and hot dog story. Like all. Oh, of it. get ready. <laughs> well, maybe not actually, because that part's not fun, but. I was hoping for something similar. I'd like, I love to not know what's going on. Yeah. I was like careful about, you know, consulting with the bride. Like, when do I take this? I might because have that to could shit. Happen. If yeah, I, I do, have shit. you have might to come have to get... rescue me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Unfortunately. laughs> oh, I can see some dental hygienist who's like, I don't do this. Like this. I clean teeth. <laughs> I shouldn't be looking at... F- no, I don't even want to... Dude's got <laughs> floaters in there! Yes, that's the word. He's <laughs> got no more around his ankles! <laughs> uh, he is absolutely no help! <laughs> no, I had my... My ex-wife was there at the time. Oh, man. <laughs> uh... So I think maybe, perhaps she was the only one to have to see. I don't know. I, I don't remember. And that's oh. what I was hoping from this experience. Yeah. But okay. I'm sorry. The, I'm, I'm no, gonna... no, that was, I'm, good evening, bro, man. You missed the, the first part of my so bro, man. humiliation. This one, that one going back to almost 20 years. Uh, this one was a little less than a, or a little over a week ago. 
<laughs> oh shit. So I was thinking like, okay, that's how I react to Valium. This that's going to help immensely. I was nervous but hopeful that that was the case. Um and so the, so I took it and it did I, it didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, nothing helpful. Like I don't know, maybe it helped and I didn't realize, but it did not help my anxiety. It did not I I knew everything that was going on. And so not only was I a part of the 1% of people that feel like this horrible pain every time they pee, which is every hour <laughs> for the week I had it in, it, um, oh God. <laughs> so the, like the, the nurse asked me, you know, do you want to see it when they pull it out? Cause some people want to see what's been torturing them. I was like, absolutely not. Or I think what she asked me first was like, do I want to know what's going to happen? It's like, no, I have an idea. I don't want to talk about it. I just want to I just get wanted, through this. I just want it over with. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it was horrific. And I, I couldn't tell you how long it lasted, but it is hopefully the worst pain I will ever experience. It was... It took longer than it should have because it was like, I don't know, he explained, but I was in shock. So I have no, maybe it was behind my prostate when it's supposed to be in front or some crazy shit like that. <laughs> you shouldn't get to your prostate from that direction. No. Yeah. And that's what they told me too. They're like, oh, it kind of hurts when you're, when it, when we come past the prostate. <laughs> my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. But Oh my God. Anyway, so the, what was the other thing? Oh, the, but my general practitioner put me so much at ease. Like of, uh, I'm like, what is, I can't remember if I told you this. So sorry if it's repeating, but before this, when I asked the practitioner, like, look, I'm nervous as fuck about this stent removal. Yeah. And he had described like having the stent in. He's like, I barely noticed. He's like, it's really not that bad. It only is like, it hurt. Like there's a little pain for like a couple of seconds, but it's, he's like, it more feels weird than anything. And I was like, really? Oh, thank God. I was like, but I hate needles too. So like, how does it compare with it, uh, you know, having your blood drawn or something? He's like, oh, it's nothing like that. Like, that's a sharp pain. This is just kind of feels weird. So all of this fucking made me feel liar. better. What a fucking liar. I, I, I don't doubt that it was like that for him. It was not like that yes, for Yes, Virginia, <laughs> there is a Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. Like, it it's what I described. Like they go in through your dick hole and they pull out something that's connected to your kidney and, and they don't disconnect was, it before they pull it out. Like, it, like just really, it's like being, oh. it's like having the vacuum at the top of the stairs and it's plugged in downstairs and you just keep yanking until it finally comes up. It didn't hurt like up on my kidney. It hurt in the dick hole. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, because that's where you're doing all the yanking. And it's an out hole. It is an out hole. Yeah. It is an out hole on It is an out hole on everybody. Yes. Um, so it was uh, awful. And I was, uh, I did not actually scream. But I it was more like that kind of George. Well, it's not. It was. I think it was the George Costanza voice we used to do a lot at the cabin, where we'd be fake yelling, but not really yelling, like, ah! yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that kind of. Yeah. Basically, that loud. I, I don't know it's what I, I go it. for a lot, but I'm actually yelling though when I do it. <laughs> George is getting upset. <laughs> but so, but I was just like, 
He's just like, Jesus Christ, fuck, fuck, fuck. I, well, I know I was saying why at a certain point. And, there, and the, the nurse, God bless her, like, and she was really helpful on the phone a couple times. Whereas his bedside manner left, it got better after this <laughs> because I think he felt bad. I don't think it was anything his fault. I don't think it's just whatever, but it no, was No, fuck that guy. You can say awful. fuck that guy. He ripped something out of your dick. It doesn't matter if <laughs> yeah. he gives you a million dollars. He still ripped something out of your dick. Fuck that guy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I have a uh, mixed feelings about like the medical professionals, just like anything. And I'm when I had the all my problems with like my butt and prostate or whatever, it turned out all to be like connected to like this internal external hemorrhoid situation. But it took a, like a over a year to sort out and heal, and probably two years from like figuring it all out and going through all the shit to it actually being feeling normal. Had a year normal, and then all this happened. <laughs> uh, Anyway, so it was horrendous. Um, but so the nurse was like telling me during, she's like, wiggle your toes. So tell me ahead of time, wiggle your toes, that helps. And she talked to me like through it. Just like anything, like you get people are people at the end of the day. And sometimes people are dicks. Sometimes they're not. And medicine is tricky because, and they call it practicing for a reason. Right. Like there's only so many things you know. And anyway, so I always try to remember that. And I often will try to say to people, you know, thank you for helping me. Because that's what they're doing. That they're, right. But but it was awful <laughs> and they're told they told me too like oh you did so good i was like ha i don't think i did <laughs> i did all but like scream mommy <laughs> you know <laughs> uh but then like so then the oh yeah it was bad and then the bride like came in which they asked me and I was just like, yeah, but I was just like I could barely function and it took a while for me to get my heart rate down and all this and it was just so terrible. And then, but within like 24 hours, I, f- I was at like 75%. Yeah. I felt so much better. And compared now, to like 50% before, you think? Well, no, compared to the previous week where I was experiencing this oh, yeah, thing, like only 1% of like, all like the time. Ki- passing a kidney stone yeah. pain, that whole thing of, it's what it felt like. Felt like someone had a thumb. And that and they, they explained to me about the testicle thing. That was just how certain pains manifest. It's not like there was something attached to my te- right. testicle. Right. But it sort of felt like there was something attached to my It was just like an left extra, nut fuck and you. Kidney. It was just like an extra, Ooh. like, yeah. fuck you. I guess it's for it's all those not, th- terrible things I, I say. <laughs> like karmic or uh, whatever there was something yesterday where sometimes the bride and i i mean she does a lot of righteous work and always has and it's yeah. even like and she's working on i mean i can't talk about any of it and she's but she does a lot of good like tremendously so especially for how she's portrayed on this show but she does have that side <laughs> no. which i love like that horrible kind of like <clears throat> sounds horrible but you know you can kind of earn that stuff yeah <laughs> but she's real big on like you know we have to be careful about a karma. And she had some thought yesterday. We're walking and she's like, Oh, I want to tell you this thing that occurred to me so bad. I'm like, come on, come on. And then we talk really like really good talk for 35 minutes and we're walking and we kind of got through it all. And she's tired of talking about all these serious things. I was like, I think you really earned to be able to tell me that thing that you don't want. It didn't want us to think you should say, like, I think the karmic balance is there. Yeah. She wouldn't do it, but I am always willing to say something horrible just for fun. <laughs> as long as it's <laughs> hopefully in company that will understand the, uh, the joke. <clears throat> but so perhaps all of that is because of my horrible statements, but regardless, it's thankfully behind me. I said, uh, 
I, if ever, if ever, like the next step is, I think they're looking at the stones, but I think the next, so I don't know, maybe I'll learn something from that. But then the next step is that you're, you're, you're an analysis, 24 hour thing where I pee in the jug and then they try to figure out if there's something dietarily or that I should change that would help or even a medication, something chemically that might predispose me to fut- calcifying future stones. Um, but it was funny, like when he was saying some of that and I was trying to catch my breath, he was listing things like like nuts and berries and leafy green, like all of these things. I'm like, you describing everything I eat and everything I eat because I thought that's what I'm supposed to be eating based yeah. on all, all the other medical stuff. But it could be, you know, could be anything. So <laughs> we'll see. But I told the bride, I was like, if ever something like this has to happen again, like I'll take out a second job if the insurance doesn't cover it. Like I can't be conscious for that, that procedure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she came in afterwards and she's like, I will never let that happen. Because <laughs> uh, it was anyway. But so Bye. that's hopefully the end to this saga. But man, I had some shitty luck surrounding it you know biologically and stuff to have that one percent problem and (laughs) then the the extra difficult extraction um that night i think it all it all really calmed down soon and actually it was that night like we came back to the house i i hadn't eaten any year can't i don't know if you can't eat anything or if i didn't but i got like Culver's. I don't know if do you have. You know what Culver's is? They have Culver's yeah, custard. And, yeah, yeah, and like butter burgers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had one in years, but I'm like, I want a double butter burger. <laughs> yeah, uh, and a milkshake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I got that. <laughs> and uh, and I watched like the rewatched the first two episodes of Cobra Kai, <laughs> and then that night we went to Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Are just those two episodes out right now? Oh no, I'm uh, season one. I mean, oh, in season uh, one, okay, yeah. Rewatch. I'm like Jesus. Don't tell me I miss Pet Cemetery and fucking Cobra Kai because I even checked. It's not out till April 24th. I thought. That's right. Yeah, maybe we can strategize our our long walk, short drink approach to that later. But so yeah. that was all like a bunch of bad stuff for me. Uh, but I'm so so much better. I haven't cried in the garage yet because there's been kind of remnants of yeah. Pain don't I was do that. Worried yeah. about. But I think I think I will this weekend. I'm up to like 15 pull-ups already. Awesome. So I think I'm good. So how have you been, sir? Uh, well, I'm like the total other end of the spectrum. Nothing. No dick pain. Nothing has been ripped out of my dick. <laughs> Nobody's reached into my dick hole. Uh. So, I mean, if 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 and if nothing else happened. As long as nobody reached in and ripped something out of my dick, I'm ahead. So, <laughs> so that's what I'll be telling myself from now on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I had some interesting. I, I I've had pinball has pretty much devoured all my time over the last since we last talked. I think. <clears throat> so the last time we talked, I had. Um, gotten scared stiff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and at the, at the time of that recording, everything was going pretty well with the table. I ended up having a big setback with it, um, where one of the boards had had some work done to it that was not very good, and um, Yoda and I, like, he came down. 
and uh, spent hours really with me first diagnosing and then like fixing the problem and walking me through. It was great, real, really good lessons uh, I got from him, which was awesome. And then we got, we just got that back working this past Sunday. So in between the two days of me working with Yoda on getting scared stiff back up and running, um, I also found um i can we take a pee break oh always yes all right i want to i just want to so there is something to do really do a true long walk i think on this um i need to get some permission to tell all of the story oh interesting so so that's really that's really what it is uh, so give, uh, let's take five so I can go down sure. and talk to Ash. Real yeah, quick. I'll go get no. the bride her sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, uh, so let's fucking go anywhere. Don't fucking go anywhere. We got, I don't even know how many people five. watching. Five people watching. Shit. He, he's only stepping away so he can make this yeah, shit I just, good. Like, oh man, there's five people fucking watching. I mean, one, one two of those are probably us. Let me just. I pause mine, so I don't know if we get credit for that. Let me. Um. <laughs> Let me text her real quick. <clears throat> I have permission to to tell the uh, the whole long walk. Okay, yeah. excellent. That's a kind of an exciting tease, and we still have five. <laughs> and we still have five. Yeah, <laughs> five alive. We got Moto. We got Broadman. Who else we got watching? Oh, you're down to four. Oh shit! Oh my goodness! Holy <laughs> Jesus! That is that is outrageous! <laughs> oh goodness! Wow! That's a great one. Watching Suns live. is in the house. Suns in the house. That's what we call you on this thing to protect your yeah. <laughs> anonymity. Your deniability. <laughs> Luckily, the chat doesn't get, end up on the recording, so you're good. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's fucking fun. All right, well, tell the story. Enough of vamping. Yeah. Um. All right. So, um, I kind of had a really spontaneous. So I got scared stiff. Everything was great. And I told Ash, I was like, you know, my I I was really in the wood shop like groove, and then like scared stiff happened, and it really rekindled like my pinball groove, and then um. We got some really, like, not fun uh, news at a doctor's appointment. So uh, I've really tried to keep a lot of what's been going on with our fertility. Like, that's just been us. And uh, that's what I was asking permission uh, that we could talk about. So we, Ash and I have, like, had no barriers, essentially, since we got married Ash comes from a very large family. She's one of seven kids. Her mom is like one of 13 kids. Um, like babies are just like a big part of her family's life. Babies are a big part. Of, I mean, and no matter all the shit that my family went through uh, over the years, like babies were always celebrated. So they were a big part of um, my family too. And both of us really wanted to make sure we found like one of the like definites for us 
and looking in in partners uh, with somebody that we could have kids with. Like that was really important. And we really were proud of ourselves that we had like really been a little choosy and like had waited until we found the right person that we would really want to be parents with. So then, you know, come to 2015 when we got married and then uh, it didn't happen naturally. So then we got some other stuff checked out and turns out there's some, um, there are just a couple very they're setbacks and I don't want to make light of them by saying that they're uh, common, uh, but they are stuff that is treatable uh, setbacks. And so that's what we've been doing. And then it's still nothing was happening. And then, so then we saw um, uh, Ash got a new uh, lady doctor, like female, like girl doctor. Um, you mean for her GP uh, yeah, or like a gynecologist? Yeah, for gynecologist, and uh, I call it that too. I get in trouble sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, are you not? Oh, yeah, that's probably not a. But the bride's stepmom yeah. calls it a pussy peeker, so oh, I feel yeah, like geez. I'm much yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so that doctor was like, we went and saw him, and was just like, "Here's what we've been doing, and it, nothing has happened." And he's just like, "Okay." Here's Clomid. Let's try Clomid for a little bit. If that doesn't happen, then we've got to make sure we get a sperm count in there. And then if everything checks out and Clomid still isn't working, then we'll go from there. So that's all. Did you not see episode 20 where we showed your scientific experiment? Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't want to bring it. I didn't mean to make light. I didn't feel like that was an appropriate time to bring it up. To introduce You know, Amazon sells a $5.99 microscope. That has a strong enough magnification that you can see male sperm cell, human male sperm cells with that plastic microscope. I have a podcast. Uh, it's a short uh, video. It's the shortest video on our you YouTube channel. Maybe you we just, you uh, should subscribe because we're trying to hit our hundred mark. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, can I just see your phone? It, yeah. uh, before, just take a second. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I think of that video everyone every time I hear yeah. about fertility I think of that video that's on our long walk short drink channel you remember yeah. when because double D was helping us with that episode he was gonna kind of take over the social media thing before yeah. he realized what a monster that was yeah. and he couldn't bring himself to Tweet. deal with yeah, that he video couldn't. he couldn't no it scared him <laughs> off he had that job for I think 36 hours <laughs> I think it was the video that did him in. Yeah. He's like, I he's like, he's just gagging and yeah. Anyways, <laughs> okay. sorry. Uh, Anyways, I'm sorry to make light of it. But no, I have no, been wondering. Trust I, me, but I, I figured I need, this is that's the whole point of me wanting to make sure I could talk about it is because I need to make light of it and because it, it you know shit's just like life just works itself out. So I mean, you can't control it. You just got to ride the wave. And so, um that's all the fertility stuff side note for anybody that doesn't know ash also in 2007 was diagnosed with a brain tumor i did not know that wow holy Uh, shit um that is still in her brain it's uh called an astrocytoma and it there is no rhyme or reason on what caused it or why it happened um but essentially it got she went to the eye doctor while she was in college. The eye doctor looked in like he looked in her eyes and he sat back and then he looked again, she said, and he looked in her eyes and said, 
whatever you got going on tonight, you need to cancel it and you need to leave straight from here and go right to the emergency room. And uh, she's like, that's just silly. Like, it's Grey's Anatomy night. I can't. I have to study. I have exams to study for. He's like, you're not doing anything tonight. He said, if you can't promise me that you're going to go right to the emergency room, I'm going to call an ambulance for you right now because what I see going on, you're either about to have a stroke or you have a really sizable brain tumor. And so she went to the emergency room. They did it at a CAT scan, had a brain tumor. It was clogging a port in her brain that allowed uh, fluid to drain naturally down her spinal fluid. She had a bunch of neck pain and stuff, a bunch of like symptoms. Anyways, totally uh, benign tumor, not growing, not spreading. Astrocytomas don't spread beyond the brain. Um, they're the so that's an upside to them. A downside is that they're unpredictable. Like there's nothing that they know that they they can trace back that this definitely caused it to start or this is what could cause it to start growing again. There's any, like, it could just start at any point. Like if she could go another 20 years with it, she has from 2007 to now just about annual cat scans. And when they're all stacked on top of each other, the tumor is exactly the same. No growth, no change over that whole time. Right. God. And uh, so, we had to last year or a year and a half ago, her regular neurologist was uh, closing his practice in Dayton and referred her to another neurologist, which we just had that meeting with. And um, when we first started dating and we knew stuff was going to be serious, she invited me to her previous neurologist for her annual meeting thing and said, uh, man, this is a long walk for a short drink. She's like, I want you to come because I want you. I think that things are going to be serious between us. And I just want, I would rather, you know, everything that you want to know about it directly from my neurologist. Cause I'm not good at explaining it. And I thought that was totally awesome. And so, uh, we did that. And like, one of the questions I had was, is there any complications that can arise if Ash were to get pregnant with this tumor? And he said, that's an excellent question. He said, I'm going to go back. Uh, there's a panel of neurologists that I work on that we all bring cases and questions and we just like think tank them out. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll look into that. And it was the next year when we went back the next year, he said, I, I have answers and, he said there, we all are pretty much in concurrence. Like there should be no complications if Ash were to get pregnant. Like we even put, there was extra, it's even noted in her record that they put extra tubing in because she has a, because that thing was blocking the natural drain, they had to put a shunt in Ash's head. You can feel it if you touch the side of her head. And all it is is a little like um, magnetic valve that lets that stuff drain through a tube. And if she turns, you can see it in her neck but it goes down her neck into her abdomen and it naturally, and, and then it drains and it is absorbed by her abdomen. Um, it, they put extra tubing in there in the event that she were to become pregnant. Right. So that's all the long walk for the long walk to get to the pinball. We're getting there. I promise. <laughs> Having no hurry. That's yeah. so huge. Yeah. Wow. Oh my so God. all that, 
And so like the, a walking miracle. Yeah. She is. <laughs> so then, so then we're trying to get pregnant and we have this appointment uh, with a new neurologist, right? This new neurologist. So the PA comes in and um, she does her questions. There's like a nurse that comes in. She does the initial questions and gets the vitals. One of the things she's like, are you pregnant? Are you trying to get pregnant? And she's like, oh, we're trying to get pregnant. She's like, okay. She just makes that note, right? Then the physician's assistant comes in or the PA comes in and uh, she's like, oh, I see you guys are trying to get pregnant. That's really awesome. Like, good for you. And she gets more questions and she leaves. And then the new neurologist comes in and she sits down and uh, she's talking. And at first she is like, you know, you're, you really need to make sure that you come for these scans because with an astrocytoma, like they, it, it looks fine but there's a large gap in your MRIs and you really need to make sure that because it could take off at any time. And Ash is like, Oh no, I have those scans. I thought they transferred over. I can bring you the disc. She's like, Oh, okay. That's great. She said, the other thing I need to talk to you about is she, she said, you guys are trying to get pregnant. And she instantly like treated us like we were being irresponsible. And oh. she's just like, you know, astrocytomas are unpredictable. And they can be stimulated by um, any kind of growth hormones. And so when you're pregnant, you get progesterone, which is a, a human growth hormone that cycles like women who are pregnant, that that hormone peaks and it and then it ramps up even after the baby is born. And all of that, it cycles through the entire woman's body and all of that can cause your tumor to start growing again and we were just like what and she's like yeah uh it it's a really it's if you get pregnant we have to make sure that we do regular mris to make sure that there's no change in your tumor throughout your entire pregnancy and so we were like well the last neurologist and she's like well i'm telling you that there's a like and so she leaves and then the PA comes in to do the like everything for the next appointment. And she's like, and maybe the next appointment, like you guys will be pregnant. And so like we, we leave and we don't say anything about it. Like, I think we're both just kind of like, what the fuck? And uh, don't say anything about it until like, it's like 24 hours later. And we're finally like, this sucks. Like, I I can't like because the risk is essentially like if she were to get pregnant and we've looked at we we have we're trying to get second opinions on everything so we're not it's not like all hope is lost but based on the studies that we found there is as there is a definite linkage between pregnancy and uh, brain tumor stimulation and so then if that happens and they there's potential like that then you could lose a baby and or ash and so it's just really not worth it then uh was kind of like the consensus that we're at right now um it's not worth the risk if that's the actual case Wow. So, uh, man, it's huge downer, 
not trying to be make it a downer. No, I'm, I'm glad you told me. I'm, I've been. I wonder about that every yeah. so often. Even the bride will ask because you know it was a topic of conversation even on the show for, for a while. But that's the kind of thing you know. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not being talked about, you don't want to pry. But oh, that's all so much more complicated and serious than I could have ever yeah. conceived. Yeah. And yeah. so, oh. so all that just led to this like really like deep like really big conversations that I'm really not, I really have problems with. And so I just had a huge, that all comes leads to the pinball adventure that we had this past weekend where um, I had some money in an account that was just kind of sitting there and kind of smoldering. And I mean, it's never a bad thing to have money. Uh, don't get me wrong. And, and, uh, I just I saw a really good opportunity and I used that money for it, which it was a slight impulse, but totally worth it. Um, that, but kind of this like, uh, that was all kind of like stimulated by this like heavy news that we got, maybe. Uh, mm. But yeah, I saw uh, there was a guy in Michigan that had a couple. He's a distributor, so he had brand new pins with warranties. They were floor models, and um, I knew what Remind I mean again. What that is floor model? Does that mean they've been played less? They they or? just like they are not. You, I don't get to take them out of the box. You can actually buy a pinball when you buy a pinball machine brand new. It will actually show up in a big box oh, and, and like okay. strapped to a pallet, and you get to take Assembled? it assembled. No, no. Yeah, it's all it's all in there. You, you don't have to put it together. Like you have to put the legs on and stuff on it, but it's all so folded it's just up. like, Oh, it's, oh, okay. it's all like I'm folded up okay. and like, you know how, like you see in the, my pictures, like in the car or how I have them in the van. Yeah. I, yeah. I have to look more closely, but I, but like the I back box realized. is folded down yeah. and they're strapped together. And like, then yeah. Then all of that is like strapped onto a pallet. And then there's yeah. a box that has all the loose components, like the legs and the leg bolts and all that stuff. That's all strapped onto it. And then there's a big cardboard box that's lowered down on top of it. And then that's strapped onto the pallet. So, like, it's this huge <laughs> yeah. thing that. The refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> it, it essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the floor models are the distributor buys them for their shop to for customers to decide if they want to buy that particular pinball machine or not, just like a car, right? Like, you have yeah. A, oh, yes. Okay. You have okay. like, um, sometimes dealers will have a test drive model or the rentals will be rental models that they want you to rent that one because to fall in love with it. So you'll come back and buy one. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why if you get a rental car from a car dealer, it's usually decked out with options because they want you to fall in love with that car. Uh, oh yes. Now I'm starting to remember. So they do have, they're a little decked out, right? The Yeah. They have options out. and all this stuff. They're, they're nice. And so, right. um, so, the, so they're kind of more desirable, I guess. Is what yeah. I'm getting at. A little bit. Um, yeah, the one's a limited edition and the other one has a couple options that you would have to pay money, like pay extra money for. Um, but the biggest part is that they have warranties. Like most of the machines that I deal with are like 30 years old, 20 years old, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well outside of manufacturer warrant. Most of the time the manufacturer doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, so these still have warranties on them, which was another really good selling point. And, they each had less than, I think the one had 160 some plays on it. The other one had 150 some plays on it, which is super low, like almost nothing on them. 
and I just was able to make that deal. So Ash and I, I could not fit both of them in my van in uh, Lizzie. That's the name of my van. All my, <laughs> I don't know if I knew that. That's all, all my cars have been L names, L girl names. There was Lucy, Libby and Lizzie. Uh, Wh- which models were those? Uh, Sentra, uh, Juke, and then this NV200, all Nissans. Oh, I think that was after I, I I saw you as regularly. Like I remember the Laser, and I remember even the PT Cruiser, but yeah. those weren't named, right? No, no, they? I never had names for those. The Laser was just the Laser, like fucking a it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so um, this guy was in Michigan. He had an electronic shop. Um, we had to rent a van from if, FYI. If anybody ever needs to rent a van, rent it from Home Depot. It is a ton cheaper than U-Haul. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlimited miles, which was great. Had breakfast at this amazing like Greek diner, like really, it was so fucking good. And then in Michigan, in Michigan, yeah, and the, like you could see the shop, the guy's shop. Uh, from the diner that we were at oh, uh, and and like we went to the shop before it even opened on Saturday like we he just opened it up and let us play this these pins and did the deal right there and how he helped me load them up into the van and we drove off and drove back home hmm. we were we left we left Dayton by 4 30 we hit the road we were up by four and out the door by 4 30 and then hmm. we're there by um 8.30, no, 8.15, because we were done eating by like 10 to 9. And then like <laughs> literally turn left and then right into his parking lot and we're there uh, right before 9 o'clock. And uh, we're back on the road by 9.20, 9.30, had him loaded <laughs> up and we're back on the road. And then they came here and unloaded them and been playing them ever since. And then Sunday, Yoda came over and we got scared stiff up and running again, uh, which was awesome. And then uh, I had a really great learning from the internet, which if we're still on pinball, should I just go right into it? Okay. I guess? Well, yeah, except for I don't know if you necessarily connected the the serious thing with the pinball. Oh, the thing. serious thing was that it like that prompted like I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I'm just going to buy these like that was like. It like yeah you had yeah you needed it something yeah, <laughs> something good <laughs> yeah not yeah. even something good just like you know well that I'm you know it's not like I was necessarily saving that money for anything in particular but it definitely made it easier for me to spend that money on what could be viewed as frivolous but I mean it's for the business it's you know part of my business is arcade stuff and. Mm-hmm that fits into there so i'll you know it's definitely i can i can use it as a business write-off for sure so oh yeah um yeah have you had to is this the first year you'll have to do a little of that or next I, year? I did that uh i already did that this oh cool this nice yeah so nice. the only time i uh, there was one year i think in in 2007 uh where i wasn't i had not worked at i wasn't working at the factory i was just going to school and living a little bit off like some extra student loan type cost of living loans that I figured out I could take out. Um, and I was playing music a lot though. So there was this like very, I mean, it wasn't even like, it was not something you could live off of. Right. But I was, I don't know why I thought I should file, but I ended up paying 
paying money to file, like going through an H and R block or whatever. Yeah. All with this idea, because growing up, like and having jobs and stuff, I always, you know, had the maximum taken out. So you get a little chunk of change at the end right. of the year. Right. The, and the, the federal the, savings <laughs> plan, like federal income yeah. tax savings plan. I do that. That's what yeah. we do. We do that. We still do that. Claim zero. So they take the max out. I don't know. I don't know. Nowadays, the bride does our taxes collectively because she does a lot of side gigs and stuff. And all I know is we don't get anything back. But the the first time, even though I claim zero, I don't know if she doesn't or I don't know how it works, but that doesn't, we don't get that perk anymore. But I do, you know, make a comfortable living. That's kind of a trade off. But anyway, the, the first time I ever realized that that couldn't the guy explained to me at the h&r block he's like look you don't pay into taxes you're not gonna get anything back yeah. <laughs> there's nothing to get back <laughs> i was like motherfucker like what did i just do here yeah <laughs> so, uh, so that was the closest i ever came like with that even when i was an llc for a minute uh, or a couple of years really or whatever and i never actually made money and i certainly never paid taxes on anything so i don't know what the fuck i thought i was yeah. doing <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, I'm glad. But the kind of thing that you're doing and as smart as you are about money and stuff, I think. And of course, uh, you know, taxes aside, you've the machines and the sh- kind of short time you've been doing this, you've been turning them over. Yeah. Getting the, dr- getting the fucking unicorn last time we talked of, of machines oh, that you yeah. wanted because yeah. of the machines that you s- restored and sold. And Yeah. 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 So all that's working. I mean, it, all that's growing great. And it, and it led to this... Uh, you know, it led to the job with Yoda, like working with Yoda and, and kind of getting this mentor to show me, a, like really take me to a level that it would take me years to get to on my own, like trying to learn this stuff on my own um, and, and trying to sift through the information you find on the Internet. Uh, so that's awesome. And brings in, you know, as another income, like slight income stream coming from there. But it's not just that. It's the access to the knowledge and the access to uh, the parts like the learning from the Internet we'll talk about is like it it was great because I was when I realized what I needed to do, I was able to just call him and say, hey, can I swing by and pick up these parts? And he's like, yep, no problem. Yeah. And I went over there at like, you know, eight o'clock at night and. He gave me all the parts that I needed and I left and I spent the next two hours soldering everything together and it worked. So, Oh wow. Um, well, and there's no, no, uh, substitute or for like a mentor, like the whole human part of that. I don't yeah. think I've ever really, I, well, I know, I guess I've never had one. Um, but I, <laughs> I often think that would be nice. So that, that part's pretty cool. I mean, you're a real autodidact is that the right where you teach yourself things oh yeah um, you're I, great well, at that but um i can't i can imagine there must be an awfully nice human component to having this like real life sure person uh, yeah no and it is leaps and bounds like so much better than a youtuber online tutorial which i swear by those things i mean i would there are times i would much rather just have those those resources and then muddle through it on my own. I feel like I do learn it better and it really lets me, it, it's really important for me if I'm going to learn something to learn the theory about it. That's really, I think what makes me be able to have a good, you know, I like to say, I like to have a, be able to have a good conversation about a topic. I like to learn enough yeah. Yeah, to have a good conversation about, about it. And, everything, and it it's like, like- <laughs> I like to do that because I, and the, what lets me do that is learning the theory behind it. Like I had to tell them at my, at my job I'm at now when, I mean, I'm still going through training, 
but I have to remind them every now and then it's like, you're just, don't just teach me what buttons I have to push. You can teach a monkey what the right order of buttons to push to do things. I need to know why, why are we pushing those buttons and what that that's what, how I learn, you know, monkeys, (laughs) Jerry, the Q. That's for Twinkie, who I now know has seen the prophecy, which excites me a lot. Yeah. Sorry um, to interject. Yeah, no. But I know um, he's one of our few loyals. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I need to know the theory behind it. And so um, that's partly why I like doing it with the with you know the internet as a resource, because that forces me to think outside of the box because I'm trying to learn it and see it from if somebody just shows me how to do it, even if they're, even if they're not doing it, they are just watching me do it. And then saying, now do this, now do this, now do this. I will never deviate from that process ever Mm -hmm. because I am not confident enough to do that because it's like, well, this is the way, the right way that they showed me how to do it. So that's the way that I'm just going to do it from now on, you know? And, uh, Whereas if I'm using the internet as a resource to do it, then I, it's okay. I, I don't know. Somehow I have that confidence that I can be like, well, let's try this and let's try this. And well, that happened. I followed the directions up to this point and that happened. Let's see what happens if I change this direction and what, what the end result is. Yeah. Um, well, all the best teachers don't really do the teach you the button thing. Yeah. They point. They show you the way to like, learn or they help you they help you through the learning process yeah it's that old bruce lee quote like uh you know it's like a finger pointing away to the moon don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory (laughs) which is basically to say don't fucking look at my finger look where i'm telling you to look i look at the thing you need to learn about right not how i'm trying to direct you to learn about it Sorry, I, I I pretty much learned everything through the Matrix of Bruce Lee. So that's no, I'm that's saying. awesome. It's still so learning I, from the internet, learn, right? Yeah, if I were going to learn about Bruce Lee, or if I were going to learn about pinball, I'd have to find a way to do it through the dragon. Anyway, um, <laughs> go, we got three watching now. I fucked this up. Go ahead. No, all right. So let's. Um, you still have the learning from the internet thing. Like you should roll. You'll roll that. In, like roll that. Oh in. yeah. Learning from the internet. Ever wish you knew how to do something? Bored with your current station in life and want to change directions? Ever wonder how the hell to learn a new hobby? Then get off your ass and grab that supercomputer out of your pocket. The internet is filled with people just living for views and clicks. They want to trade their knowledge for exposure. So, Palmer is on a mission to prove that with access to YouTube and Google... You can learn how to do anything. So join him as he learns Learns from from the the internet. internet. So uh, I ordered this um, mod, which is it's short for modification. It's like add-ons that you put on pins. And there's a whole sub community in the pinball community of people that make mods and sell them. And scared stiff is, uh, is a table that has a few really crucial modifications because all pinball machines go through a development process. 
And um, there's a, a whole market for what's called prototype machines. And these are early models of pinball machines that typically will have different artwork that was on the final production model. They might have different toys, which are like the mechanical things that happen up on top the play field. They might have different toys that don't make it to the production model. <coughs> different programming, different sound, and anything. It could be a drastically different table. And Scared Stiff had a, a handful of them that were these additions that were removed at the last second um, to save cost. And but the table is still programmed to run a lot of these. And so that those were the first mods that I really wanted to focus on putting on scared stiff. And I have, I have just about all of them on the table now, which are all things that help increase that value for it. Um, one of them is a, so in the back of the play field, there's a, plastic pile of skulls and all their eyes are empty and when you first look at the at the machine and there's a candle there's two candles that are behind the let me see if i can just find a picture scared stiff oh yeah and for um for anyone you know every every podcast someone's first first podcast i meant we mentioned quickly earlier this unicorn machine which is actually a reference to last uh, episode where this scared stiff was like the, the pinball machine that Palmer's most interested to get someday. And he has it and he's fixing it. Yeah. Up and, and uh, modifying yeah. It. I, yeah. I was finally able to, um, to get the, I traded my ghostbusters um, machine for, Oh, it keeps opening this. I want to just get the image here. Okay, so what are we looking at? Um, if you look right, this is all the thing that I modified, but this is what it looks like inside the table. I, I, I can't blow this up. Or up here is a really good one, too. Let me look here. There we go. Okay. Um, so you see, this is what it looks like in the back of the play field. It's just this, like, rubberized plastic, and all the eyes of the skeletons uh, or the skulls here are empty, and the the flames for these candles that are behind them are empty as well. And so um, one of the modifications, one of the popular modifications for Scared Stiff is um, they sell flickering LED lights that you can glue into these empty spaces for the candles. So that way when the machine's on, it looks like the candles are flickering. And then yeah, yeah. they another mod that they sell is that, and, and the, the this is actually the game is actually coded to do this and the wire harnesses are still in the game that's how it was pulled out at the last second of production but there's a mod where you can put leds in each one of these eyes and then as you complete the objectives of the table the eyes will light up for each objective that you complete um oh. so it's just a nice little, it really enhances the gameplay of the, and brings this thing that kind of just sits there. I mean, it's dead plastic in the back of the thing that really doesn't serve a purpose at all uh, without these modifications made. And so I ordered off of eBay, um, pre-made these mods pre-made uh, before I, over here is the tutorial, this is before I knew this tutorial existed. 
So I ordered them pre-made and then when they showed up, I installed it and it didn't work. And it really pissed me off because I like spent money on it and then it came from England. And so the, you, the post office wouldn't deliver it without a signature. And of course they only ever tried to deliver while you're at fucking work. So how the hell can I leave my (laughs) sign for the fucking package if I'm at work? Um, anyways, and then I get, so I get it and I finally get scared stiff working again, uh, and then go to put this mod in and then the mod doesn't work right. It's just like one thing after the other. Right. And, uh, I get so frustrated that I do a search and I find this, um, I find this collection where it's, it just says upgrading your Bally 1996 scared stiff pinball. And the first thing is an LED skull pile upgrade and it goes through. And I, I mean, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but it gives you a list of the parts that you need. It shows you how to take it apart. It shows you like, and then it just walks you through making this thing and like where you put the LEDs at and which colors to use and everything. So I super detailed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really, and it's better than any manual and it's written very well in a way that's totally approachable. And so I, I, you know, I called Yoda up. I said, I need these parts because I most, I could recycle a lot of the parts from the mod that I paid for. Right. And so I didn't need very many parts and they were all cheap. The parts that I did need, I needed the resistors. I needed the diodes and I needed the crimps, like the, the things that go into these, these little metal pieces that you crimp onto the wires and then plug them into the Molex connectors, right? Nice. And these connect down onto these wires here. Like these are the, this is the part that comes that in every scared stiff that was made in 1996, these wire harnesses are there and they just need, you just need to plug in the right LEDs and it will make this happen. Right. Huh. So um, if I bring this up now, you should see this is, yes, um, so, I recognize. so this is my, dead you know my dead heads and if i play here you won't be able to i see it yeah very cool oh yeah so you can see the lights the lights go in there and each one of those different colors correlates to a a different objective that you try to get in the game but if you look like i have my there's my soldering and all of my leds are wired in there and hot glued into place and then uh here they are you can see them all lit up oh yeah from the back side there uh that one's upside down there's the two wire harnesses there in my machine yeah this this is what i made like and then this is what comes in the machine and then they just plug right in there and then uh yeah that's awesome. Wait, I have. Uh, oh, I have. Oh, this one is upside down because it's also a video. It's from the back, so you can see from the back how oh, it does yeah. the same thing. So they're all lighting up right now because you're making them. But ordinarily, it would only happen if um, you put the things in the game. Yes. So uh, they light up because I, there's no game playing. So it's in what what in a pinball machine oh. is called attract mode, where it's trying to entice you to play. So it's usually just like a light show where the, the table cycles through um, all a, a lighting program to try to entice uh, players to play. That makes I, sense, yeah. Uh, did I just 
kill my oh no okay good yeah there all right so let me stop sharing that and then go here like this there so that's my learning from the internet i uh and so i emailed that guy who i bought that original mod from this is like we'll wrap this up and then we'll be done talking about pinball uh <laughs> that's all right yeah. i have to imagine and at this point people and like are brain listening tumors and like well yeah yeah like all that no. shit that's um, all. I'm glad you shared all that. Plus, I th- I th- I have to imagine people are listening for the pinball adventures at at some at this point. Yeah. <laughs> a, so uh, that's what you're into. So I'm I'm in I'm interested. <laughs> I uh, I decided. So I emailed that guy and I was like, "There's you know, there's a short in your harness. It doesn't work. Essentially implying I need you to send me another one. Mm. Well, I test them before I send them out. So. Sorry, sorry. Make sure you're plugging them in right. And it's it, like there's only one way to plug them in. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, okay, so that's how it is. And so that's what led me down the path to just remaking it. So then I emailed him again and said, hey, just so you know, there was a short in your harness. I couldn't find it. So I had to rebuild the entire thing. And he emailed back. He's like, glad you got it all sorted out. God. What a and thing. I'm just like, <laughs> so I, I'm... I realized that I can make this thing. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make a bunch of them and then undercut him on eBay. <laughs> I don't give a fuck <laughs> just to undercut him. I like, like I, 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 I haven't decided yet if I'm going to like how much over cost I'm going to sell them for, if at all, but I'm just going to undercut this guy. <laughs> I don't great. give a shit. <laughs> uh, uh, empires were built on, on less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nemeses so, are important too. I I think. Yeah. I, I've ever told you about the the bride follows. I don't know who it is, but it's this woman on Twitter who is always tweeting about her nemesis and how she will like destroy her nemesis. Actually, turns out she has nine nemeses. Oh wow! They're, I don't. I wish I could shout out who it was. Maybe when I give her the sip of this beer, I'll I'll get the get the at or whatever. But it's so fun. This person who's just like today, you know, like they have this nem these uh, that are motivated to like basically like what, what, you, what you're describing and it's so fun to hear about it. you're just like yeah fuck those people who you're mad at yeah 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 <laughs> i don't i i don't, like seriously don't give a shit i just i don't care about my time i like i i'm gonna make money on, i am gonna make money on them i that, that that's probably gonna happen but it's all the motivation is to just undercut that guy and just like <laughs> that's awesome yeah i think the bride said something recently where she's like yes so it says nothing motivates like an enemy that's a fucking t-shirt yeah yeah (laughs) yeah good for you get (laughs) him or or undersell him (laughs) yep Well, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a pinball adventure. <laughs> Great piece yeah, of that, valleys. What were the two machines? I don't know if you told us. Uh, oh, I did not. Um, so uh, the the one is uh, called Dialed In. It is a. It's actually a disaster movie theme, but it is told through cell phones essentially so there's a lot of cell phone themed activity hmm. but basically what ha- what it is is you're a, a superhero in this city that is c- 
constantly under attack and you keep getting called by your cell phone like to like solve these problems and it's a pinball game and it's <laughs> a pinball machine? game yeah how does like, that work does yeah. it have like videos yeah um so this one so this machine was made it came out in 2017 i think 2016 oh. maybe 17 maybe um Again, they were brand new. Like they were like these were brand this is brand new machines that were just made. The the born on date on this one was March something 2018. So just over Jeez. a year old. I got it. Like um and it's got a 25-inch monitor is the is the in the back glass that yeah. all this animation happens on. Right. Um it has a camera in it that takes your picture while you're playing it. There's a selfie mode because again, it's cell phone <laughs> oh. theme. And so okay. it flashes and takes your picture. Um, it, there's one mode where you get a scratcher ticket and like, you have to like wave your hand at the camera and it will scratch the ticket off. Like while oh. you're playing pinball, um, you can actually, there's an app for the game that you can connect to the game with your phone and use your phone to flip the flippers and like not while you're touch standing the in front of it <laughs> while you're standing in front of it like not by using the flippers on the cabinet it's not fun to play that way it's just a nice gimmick yeah that's interesting uh, though i mean there's you actually know, you're on your phone you see it so you think of the game yeah or uh there's actually a cell phone it's a little lcd monitor but it looks like a cell phone that rings during the game and like has this it looks like an iphone huh. and like you get calls on it and everything it's it's really i have to um i have to shoot some video actually twinkie yeah. i had this awesome idea that if you're ever in dayton we need to do a long walk short drink rocky mountain am <gasps> yeah. pinball pinball twitch stream like that just is play that's just a play great pinball. idea yeah if you're ever in dayton because I'm not, I, I can't, I can't haul pinball machines like out no. yeah. anywhere. <laughs> so it would have to be with you and Dayton, but I'd love to set a camera up and, and play some pinball and shoot the shit. Uh, that would I be know awesome. We discussed, um, potential cause we all have ties in Ohio to yeah. that maybe given the timing of when rise of, is it rise of the Skywalkers or I think Skywalker? it's just rise of Skywalker. Oh. Like so, you can't started, zero but, it in. That's yeah. a whole other thing to talk about. Like, yeah, that's but like, that that would be like I don't know. Depending on how much time or whatever, that would yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, and so, potentially uh, feasible. I, I just think that'd be fun. Um, so that's one dialed in is one of them, uh, and then the other one is another. It's from a brand. New, both of them are so. Uh, Dialed in, I forgot some of the coolest parts. Dialed in was designed by the same guy who designed Scared Stiff. Really? Yeah. Um, like who's oh. been, Pat Lawler is his name. And he's been designing, he's been working in the arcade industry for like almost 40 years now or over 30 years now. Is that, is that <laughs> part of how designed, you found out about it? Like because of the designer or just, just um, Well, I heard... So yes, actually, that is how I found out about it because I that machine is described as his opus, oh. it, um, like where he was given free reign to basically do whatever he wanted, and so 
if you look at like the what are considered some of the best pinball games, he has a hand in them. But there's like there's Steve Ritchie's another designer that gets thrown like whose name you hear a lot in the pinball world, and Pat Lawler is is one as well. And he actually just designed uh, from the same company. Jersey Jack is the company. Uh, they just announced a Willy Wonka table is coming out. Oh. Like, like original Willy Wonka with yeah, Gene Wilder, Gene like call outs and everything. I told Ash, I was like, I seriously want to set up a like a fundraiser thermostat in our house <laughs> where it's like down in the negatives and that's debt that we were going to pay off. And then we pay that debt off and then and then it increases. And at the top is a Willy Wonka machine. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, how long have you been at? How long would you say you've been at this uh, pinball sort of procurement? Uh, if you count all the way back to when I built the virtual machine, like 2015. So, which I actually but, remember is one of the first things where we had fallen kind of out of touch. Just like, but that was one of the things when you had reached out. It was like Kung Fury and what was the other one? Two movies like that you thought I'd be into. But when I talked to you on the phone the thing that you were so super jazzed about was that virtual machine. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of, but anyway, but like it's a pretty short time that you've been at this particularly in the, particularly in the concentrated way. And you are, you've already got the ghostbusters thing. You already got your unicorn scared stiff. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, this Willy Wonka thing is like six months away. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> it's not even that. There's no uh, way it's that close. What does it uh, not exist yet? <laughs> it doesn't even exist yet. Okay. They're not even putting them out yet. It's soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, but that company is Jersey Jack. They start the first machine they put out was a wizard of Oz table, which is absolutely beautiful. It's they're still making that machine. It's awesome. So, uh, totally new company it was the first new pinball machine company to open up since the collapse of the pinball industry in the 90s yeah i literally didn't think they were making <laughs> pinball yeah. machines and from cuz my knowledge of it comes from basically these conversations and yeah that was the first new it one it is that a I really sorted history like if you go back and you look at it it's really shady like how the rise Things and fall of the, the rise and fall industry. of pinball twice it rose and fell um, in America, and we're on the third rise right now. Like I, I would argue that right now we are in a renaissance of pinball. Like there's a lot of new people coming into the community. There's a lot of new companies coming to the teams. New machines. We're seeing new innovations. We're seeing. The prices of old machines are drastically increasing, even in the short amount of time that I've been collecting machines and, and trading machines. Um, I would argue we're in like the third good rise of pinball. I'm waiting for the bubble to burst. This sounds terrible for the bubble to burst again. So then all the price goes down on the older machines. So I can get a bunch <laughs> yeah. of good stuff. It'll be too busy. Like, um, <clears throat> can't think of the right term. I want to say setting down because the bride and I watched Deadliest Catch and that's what you do to like your rivals sometimes. You set your pots, crab pots on top of theirs. But what you're, you're going to undercut. Yeah, undercut. You'll be yeah. too busy doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Making a fortune. Um, undercutting that asshole. Um, so anyways. Whoa. Oh boy. Oh, hey. oh yeah. Mute oh, the just camera. Hey, you want to you wanna, you wanna do the crawl? Or, oh, she's just got her... <laughs> hand out hang on a sec the bride has reached her hand in the door for yeah, no, audio that's only listeners i'm gonna hand her the rest of this can <laughs> Here. 
That's the dead sexiest sweatshirt arm I've ever seen, though. Nobody gets to see that, though, or hear that. He doesn't hear it. <laughs> like a hand coming out of the grave. It was like, I don't know. That was a dead sexy sweatshirt arm. <laughs> I know. She got kind of fancy sweatshirts that have this like interesting yeah. neck to them and look like you're wearing a scarf. Uh oh. Oh. <laughs> There's the middle oh, finger. finger. Yeah. Sort of think she's one of our viewers. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So that's dialed in. Um. It's nice because I see like the this like early Pat Lawler and then I have this like what's considered as opus. It's a fucking hard table. It's probably just as hard. Both of these new machines are probably just as hard as Ghostbusters. Um, but I was explaining to my nephew, they're they're just as hard, but not anywhere near like I, I'm not ready to just like walk away from them. Like I want to keep playing them and try to like they it, it seems Whereas Ghostbusters felt like it was impossible, like I'm never going to get, I'm going to plateau and I'm never going to go any higher than that. These machines feel like I can increase my skill to the point that I will do very well at them. Um, the other one, and Jesus, we will wrap this up, is... Uh, <laughs> all right, man. That's what the show is. Yeah, Talking. is another... Um, <laughs> A totally brand new company. This this company just put out this table in 2018, I think is when they started selling it. Uh, but it's their first table. Uh, it's Houdini is the theme. And it's this like really, I'm not into steampunk, but it is all steampunk themed. But it's uh, it has this really great archival footage of Houdini stuff and like, movie posters and theater posters and audio recordings of him. And there's movie modes where they'll show a movie poster that he was in. And then there's a, like a, um, a movie trailer guy that like talks about the movie and explains then what you need to do for your objectives. Um, yeah, forty Double minutes D. away. <laughs> Double uh, D hard, in, say forty hard minutes. Hard to turn away. a ship around. It <laughs> is. I thought of that t earlier today. I was wanting a T-shirt of, of of like a ship. Yeah, <laughs> we got to get listeners, people, so that we can have shirts. That's Merch. A, a basically Merch. where I'm at. Because yeah, we got the ship shirt. We got nothing motivates like an enemy. <laughs> anyway, from maybe no, your pinball empire is your pinball empire and money. So. We got to get yeah. listeners, so, so subscribe to their friends. So we can yeah. make shirts. 85 anyway. subscribers. We keep gaining two and losing one. Like, that's what we happens. Lose them? Oh, who yeah. are these people? Yeah. <laughs> All the who, who unsubscribes from anything on YouTube? I think I've, I like, sometimes I would, like, in the early days of me getting into YouTube, I would just, like, subscribe to shit. And it's still, I'm still so. Who unsubscribes? Who puts that much effort into like sorting through their subscription? And, like, yeah, unsubscribe. <laughs> I I don't know. Apparently, people who watch this show. Uh, Maybe um, it's the trolls. Actually, you know, yeah, we've had a troll it could be fucked them. Here. I don't care. They yeah. get, like, <laughs> I I still want them to come on. I want to talk to them about yeah. being a troll. How <laughs> much fun that is! How is that fun? I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, anyways, the, the so the Houdini table is beautiful. It has an amazing light show. Uh, the guy, the distributor that I bought him from, he's like, I think this is the best looking new pin that's out right now. And I, after playing it and 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 
watching it and seeing what it looks like, I agree with him. It is gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Really beautiful light show. Really beautiful. Um, it's got all these really nice LEDs in it that are RGB LEDs so they can there's like 4 million colors they can be or whatever. And so they just the whole table changes colors and swirls around and does all this awesome stuff while you're playing it. And there's like this nice mix of like classic music like p- like ragtime piano and jazz to like dubstep music, like all and everything in between mixed together. That makes this really awesome soundtrack and great call outs and awesome theming. There's like to do the multi ball when you, when you lock your balls. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know Uh, this is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So a big thing on, on modern tables is multi ball. That's what you're always trying to do is, is where it'll release more than one ball on the, on the play field at once. And you can collect jackpots that way. Um, So to lock and to do that, you have to perform objectives usually on the machine and then the last objective is to get the ball to the lock. And then the lock is usually some elaborate mechanical contraption that holds on to the ball until you have locked enough of them. And then it will spit them all out to do multi-ball, right? Does that make sense? I think so. That sounds like yeah. a lot to... <laughs> it's so hard not to talk about it. And that's what she says. But it sounds like a lot to deal with because as someone who can barely... Keep yeah. one ball in play. <laughs> but suddenly then there are a bunch this of them is, and you're just like... Well, and this is the like, proof of how this is a game of skill and not just... Most people look at pinball and like that. I'm just like, just like that, just like you're saying, I'm just trying to not keep the ball from going in between the flippers. Yeah, right? just trying like, not to get it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really called a drain. This. You don't want the ball to drain. I'm just trying not to drain oh the ball. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, <laughs> but wow. once you play enough, I, I think really what it is, is so, th- so maintenance on a pinball machine is really expensive. Like, like, and they're like cars or hot rods. You have to tinker with them. And they're 20, like, like scared stiff came out in October of, t- of 1996. That's a, that's an old machine. We're going on what? 23 years old is that 96 to 2006 to 2016 is 20 years plus 23 years old right nice yeah so it obviously is going from periodically is just going to need some tuning up to function the way that it should right Mm -hmm. that costs money and so that's why if you go into these barcades where all these stand-up arcades are free, there's no moving parts in those except for the joystick and the buttons. Mm-hmm. Those are super cheap to replace, and usually they don't ever wear out. The rest of the stuff is circuit boards and memory chips, right? Pinball machines have all of those things. They have buttons. They have circuit boards. They have memory chips on top of all the physical mechanical things that all need maintained and are getting wear on them, just like your car gets wear on it while you're driving down the road. So if you go to these barcades, the pinball machines are always still, they cost money. I think that's a huge barrier in this current day and age on getting 
people into playing pinball because you go to an arcade, a barcade even, where all the stand-up arcades are free, and then I still have to pay a dollar, a minimum, a dollar to play this pinball machine. A new one could be up to $3 for three balls. No way. Hmm. <laughs> like, not happening unless I... There, it, for someone to just try not to drain, you know, like yeah, that I can see. Like, trust me, I know. Like, that's not fun to just play where you're just trying not to drain. And then, so then you start. What, but once you get past, once you get to play a pinball machine enough that you can get past that little, that's a really low bar to get past the. I'm just trying not to drain. Yeah, where you yeah. you just get you you get a little bit of flipper control where you can you can stop the ball and catch your breath for a second. That oh. really is not that's not really not a <laughs> yeah, big bar to achieve. That's not a huge bar to get to. Yeah, I, but if your barrier is a dollar a play. To get past that bar, I can see why nobody would want to do that. And so I think like knowing somebody with pinball or somewhere where or building a virtual machine like I did, which I, I will be the first to admit a virtual machine is no replacement for a real machine. But I really think that let me improve my skills enough that I could go to an arcade and I could pay a, a dollar a game and actually walk away from that dollar and be like, I got a really good game out of that dollar, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I trained so, for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I mean, I'm trying not to make it sound that like that, well, but yeah, it, no, that's exactly what it is. Is like you just get that you if you have access to where you can do it, and and the money thing is taken away from it, then you start to realize like how much depth there is, like ashes one of the like most awesome things that Ash says now is where she's like, cause the, for the longest time pinball was banned in America, they were still being made in America, but they were all being exported. And so in the seventies, there was this really big movement to kind of return pinball. And that's what caused the big movement in the eighties and nineties. Cause pinball was finally allowed back in America. Again, they were allowed to like put the machines out and keep them there. Well, the whole argument was that they were just gambling machines that took money from kids. There was no, there was no amount of skill that would let you quote unquote beat the machine. And so there's a really famous case. This guy is a really good professional pinball player and both of his sons are professional pinball players, but there's a really famous case where he basically went up in front of the gaming board of New York and he like drove up with this flatbed trailer that had like 12 pinball machines on the trailer. And he proceeded to beat, like beat the high score on each one of the games to prove that it was a game of skill and not a game of chance. <laughs> and that you could actually improve your skill to the point that you could quote unquote, beat the machine. And so that is what helped like get that get the New York laws down and then that caused the national movement to like bring pinball back and uh, Ash one of the things that I love hearing Ash say now is she'll she'll 
be playing and she'll be like, I can't believe anybody thinks that this is anything other than a game of skill because she's starting to finally get to that point that she can have a really good ball and start to dissect the rules of each particular table and know what the objectives are and know what she like. There's stuff that she can do to get rewards for that. And um, I think that, I think that if more people could get to that, then it would really take off. Like it would be huge. I think pinball could have a definite like renaissance and movement. So that's awesome. That must yeah. be. So you play you play side by side sometimes, and you're a little. Oh yeah, now now that we now? have now that we have like three that we can play like that. Yeah, yeah. like it was so awesome Saturday uh, when we got the two new tables in. Scared stiff still wasn't working yet. But I start. I was playing dialed in, and she just walked up and started a game on Houdini, and we were just playing. And I'm just like, "Holy shit! Like we can do this! Like we can, <laughs> yeah. we can stand next to each other and play pinball in our house! Like that's so yeah. awesome!" I told her I want to have a pinball party and like have people over and play pinball. And yeah, yeah, uh, that's so cool that you, that she's up for like doing that alongside you you know in any on any level to any degree that's just yeah. like such a and then she goes on the adventures with you that's yep, really cool and she loves doing that and like we're really good at moving the pinball machines now like we <laughs> yeah. got both of those into our house like with zero incident like no problem whatsoever and uh not something that i would have felt comfortable doing when we first started doing this um it's funny too because the guy that I bought them from, he has. His, we talked about we. <clears throat> this is the one thing that I I think I love, easily in the top three things I love most about the pinball about being into pinball. But I love when I get a machine, either I, or I sell a machine, and talking to that person and getting to just talk pinball with them because it is such a small community that when you find somebody else that's passionate about it, it's like <coughs> really, excuse me. So I know I've been talking too much. No, it's really, it's really, uh, <laughs> it's really something that, uh, you know what I say? Interested is interesting. So yeah, I don't know about this, but I, I just kind of get lost in your enthusiasm for it. Uh, it, it, you, when you meet somebody else, that's just as passionate about it. Like you want to talk shop about it a little bit. So we mm -hmm. were, um, he's like, so, you know, how'd you get into pinball? What was your first pin? And I did the same, you know, asked him the same thing. And he said that one of his buddies <clears throat> was like, Hey, we're, I'm going to go over to this bowling alley. I'm going to buy a pinball machine. You want to come with me? And he's like, pinball, what? And, uh, he's like, I guess whatever. And so he said, I went over there and I played a theater of magic. See, everybody remembers the first pinball machine that they fell in love with. Mm -hmm. I scared stiffs, my unicorn. His is theater of magic. And he's like, I played that theater of magic and I was instantly into it. And he's like, I bought, I went there with, for him to buy a pinball machine. I bought a pinball machine when I was there and like brought it home. And uh, he's like, so what other pinball machines do you have? And I told him I have Space Invaders, but that's a basket case I'm still working on. <laughs> and I said, and I have a scared stiff that's almost, it's got a couple, few other things that need in it. And he's like, oh man, my friend has a scared stiff. And he's like, I've been trying to get, he's like, he bought it new in the box in 1996. And he said, I've been trying to get him to sell that to me for the last 23 years. Like, 
And so I made this comment on our way home where I'm like, I was like, you know, I should get, I I could get scared stiff up and running. I bet you I could call that guy and I could like flip it and make money off off that. Like in a second. (laughs) And Ash looked at me and she's like, don't you dare. She's like, first off, that is the one machine that when you first got into pinball, after you got excited about it, that is the one machine you said, I, all I want is to own one of those machines. And you finally got it. She said, second off, I haven't had a chance to really beat that table yet. And so you're not getting rid of it yet. Like, Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> which was great. So that's really cool. Plus with the, the sound bites and stuff that that one has, once that is up and running, you guys are just casually playing games. Oh no, if it's up and running. Fl- it's good. Oh, it's right. All, of course. It's yeah. all fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, has it, I can only imagine it will turn into foreplay at some point with all yeah. with her in your Oh man, it is so dirty. <laughs> I, there's this, uh, did I tell you the call, awesome call out where I'm having multiple jackpots? Have, did I tell you that one? I don't think so that one. <laughs> okay. So like there's this, um, Last pinball story. Shit. Oh, and just for, I don't know if we've said, but just for those who wouldn't know, so the Scared Stiff is based on Elvira, the buxom sort of midnight night host. Yeah, who I have a, I am quite partial to. And, uh, (laughs) oh man, yeah. And so. She's the mistress of the dark. Yeah, and so the whole Scared Stiff table, if you didn't listen to that last episode, is just a giant i mean it's called scared stiff it's like <laughs> it's a giant innuendo for sex which is her whole shtick and so in the middle of the playfield is it looks like a wooden crate and it's called the um the monster the terror from the crate so there's six tales of terror and they're all objectives that you have to beat to get to the last objective which is the stiffometer and if you beat the stiff meter, you get monster multiball, which is awesome. <laughs> and uh, anyways, the tear from the crate um, is a really easy multiball to get. And then it's really easy to get jackpots on that multiball. So you basically just bash the ball into the crate so many times and then it opens up and then you can get the ball in it. And then that starts the tear from the crate multiball. So it gives you two balls and the whole object to collect jackpots is to just keep shooting the balls back into the crate. The crate's in the middle of the play field. It's the easiest shot to make in the entire game. And so all you have to do is just make sure the ball doesn't drain. As long as you still have two balls in play, there's so many. That's what she says. And Dave is struggling to like. I just want the sentence to finish in certain ways. As long um, as you have two balls in play. As long as you have two balls in play, <laughs> the tear from the crate multi ball is still going. And then if you can keep getting balls in the crate, you'll collect a jackpot. And for every jackpot you collect, it goes up the next time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things that once you get it down, you can clean up on that mode, right? So it, because especially if you so many balls it is so many balls <laughs> yeah uh the the record though is apollo 13 the pinball machine for apollo 13 has a 13 ball multi-ball there's 13 wow. balls in play at one time on that machine if you can get that ball get that multi-ball <laughs> yeah i i can't even that's just chaos 
Um, so anyways, once you get the pattern down, it's really easy to just clean up on jackpots on tear from the crate multi-ball, right? And as you're doing it, Elvira is giving you these call outs that are just, they just get, as long as you can keep hitting jackpots by sinking balls in the crate, they get progressively more dirty. Right. Oh. And so, and so like the first one is she's like, Ooh, you're pretty good at this. <laughs> and uh, then the next one is like, is like, Oh my gosh. Like another jackpot. But she says it like all sultry, right? Yeah. And then the next one is like, oh my gosh, wake me up when you're done. Because you just keep getting it. And so then if you can get, if you if you hear that one, if you can get like four more jackpots after that, she's just like total orgasm. She's just like, oh, I'm having multiple jackpots. And it's just, it's so hot and just like. <laughs> god damn it's so fun it's such That's a motivating. fun <laughs> machine it's so approachable uh I, I mean all the innuendo stuff aside it's it's a really approachable rule set it's pretty forgiving as far as tables go the shots are pretty easy to make um it's one of those ones that's really nice to have when people come over to say um because just about any skill level is going to have fun on that table. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. <sighs> Shit. <laughs> you tuckered yourself out there. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that's very cool. I learned a lot about pinball <laughs> as, as well as some very serious <laughs> ongoing. There's your... <laughs> some great, I would highly recommend some, there's some really awesome pinball documentaries that are out. Um, if you can get your hands on them, they're really informative and very entertaining. Uh, name drop them. So, uh, the first one is called Tilt, and that's about uh, so if you remember that machine I had, Revenge from Mars. Oh, yeah, that, from the Tim Burton movie. From or is it different than that? No, is it based that, on the, that, that's um, Attack oh, from Mars. Attack from Re Mars. Revenge from Mars is a sequel to a really popular pinball machine called a um. No, Mars Attacks is the Tim Burton movie. Yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, Attack yeah. Attack from Mars is the first pinball machine and then Revenge okay. from Mars is the sequel to it. Um and Mars Attacks is completely unrelated. Uh anyways. So Tilt is about the f collapse of the pinball industry at the end of the 90s. And it ultimately culminates in that that machine is was the form factor called pinball 2000, which is considered what like people considered it is what killed the pinball industry. And that documentary all culminates to the creation of pinball 2000 and how that killed off the pinball industry basically and how the pinball industry died. That one's really good. Special win lit is another one. And that one is, it just talks about the passion of pinball and the pinball community, which is really awesome. And then, there's this great one called Wizard Mode that the last time I checked was on Amazon Prime. Um, the current professional pinball champion is a Canadian kid. He's in his 20s, I think, um, who is on the autism spectrum. And Wizard Mode is a documentary about him and his struggle to 
kind of become an adult while dealing with autism while also being like a national like an internationally ranked pinball champion and him trying to get his, his goal is to become the champion and the, and he just did it last year or the year before he finally did it and this documentary came out way before that happened and so um but that's a really good one that really it just warms your heart watching this kid kind of grow up before your eyes in this documentary and center and pinball is just kind of like the catalyst for everything. So it's not really a pinball documentary. It's more a documentary about that kid and autism. Um, But it's again, like pinball is the catalyst for it. So it's like this overarching theme that just, they keep coming back to, to make you understand, to help you understand this kid and his life. Um, Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, all three of those I would recommend. They're all fantastic, and they're Triptych. all they all are are good, good or bad um, glimpses into the pinball community for sure. The three ball feature, yeah, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tri ball, tri ball. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to work in Devil D's great comment about Elvira being the dirty Dolly Parton. There's so yeah. much great about that phrase. <laughs> That's that, a great it, title for oh, something. Oh, yeah. She is the dirty Dolly Parton. You're right. It's also like a, yeah. it could be like a sex act. There's a, I don't know. Might cut that out and save it for something good. Um, She's actually on the cover of a Tom Waits album. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember that. You shared that on one of the episodes and we looked at that image. Yeah. I remember it well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That I like, am, seriously. Yeah, yeah she's no. not recognizable. Cassandra like, Peterson, trust yeah. me, like that is still, that is a go-to Google image thumbnail search <laughs> during opportune uh, times when time. I have three to five minutes to kill. <laughs> Speaking of which, um so I got some uh, some shit. The bride says that tea, one the last of which will tee up a, a a very fun thing that I would love to discuss with you. So, but um, chronologically, oh you know, oh here we go. I did these screen grabs, but it makes it. So this is from December fifteenth. Um, you know, this is just kind of everyday stuff. Uh, at shit the bride says shit del bride says I guess you can follow along on Twitter as it happens, and every once in a while. We'll read them on the show. So stuff my wife says that makes me laugh. So we were, we were, I had never seen grumpy old men, I guess back in, so back in December, we were trying to decide like how to procure that, where to watch it. And, uh, we were going back and forth and <laughs> I don't know, it just wasn't clear. And so I said, am I to infer from that side, you'd prefer to get it on disc? She goes, I don't know. I'm not the job of you. <laughs> I go, what does that even mean? And she just goes, you don't know me at all. <laughs> So <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly, but it made me laugh. Um, and here, oh, I can't remember the actress. This is also from de- December 15th of last year at the end of the year. We were watching some famous actress and, and not a particularly young one, not like an ingenue, but like someone, you know, it might be, uh, I, I'm not sure if it is, but it might be Robert Zeme- Zemeckis's wife. I can't think of her, her name. I feel bad about that, but you would know her to see her. Um, and she was singing on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I guess she's made a couple albums or something. And so we're, we're watching that. And I say, you know what the difference between them and us? 
meaning her and Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I go, money, opportunity, and of course, all the hard work it took to get where they are, etc. <laughs> we were all just jackholes at heart. And she goes, I'm not a jackhole. I stay in my lane, bro. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> she, <laughs> she goes, I'm funny enough to be an engaging teacher, but I'm not funny enough to be an actual comedian because I don't want to have to say things like, it's about the work. <laughs> And then I lose my shit, start cracking up. And she goes, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you find that? Do you, it is a, I feel like her name's Rita something, but that could be wrong. Leslie Harder Zemeckis? No. Oh, maybe it's Tom Hanks's wife then. Oh, Tom Hanks's wife. Yeah. He was in some Robert Zemeckis movies. <laughs> uh, spouse. Oh, Rita Jesus. Wilson. Rita Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Rita Wilson was the actress. It's not that she wasn't a good singer, but she was. Anyway, um, digging hole. Can't work with Tom Hanks ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, take that one off the table. Yeah. Fuck. It's a dream of mine. Cleveland guy, too. Anyway, uh, okay, so then this this last one, I'll just kind of jump uh, to uh, what day was this? Friday? Are you serious? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if he was like born there or if maybe he started his acting career there or something. But that he's a there's a real strong Cleveland connection uh, there. Did you? What wow. does it say? Tom Hanks, back where it all began. WKYC. Great Lake Shakespeare Festival. No shit. Yeah. Backwards career yeah. started. Huh. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shit you learn. Learning from the internet. <laughs> no shit. Internet. Yeah. Oh, and so so then um with uh the last shit the bride says for this week. Last uh Friday, I actually only knew about this from Twinkie. Twinkie had hipped us to the or at least hit me to on the cast thread that the Star Wars celebration was happening, the yearly, the annual kind of gathering of, um, of Star Wars fans. And there was a huge panel of like all the people from the new movie. And that at the end of which they unveiled the new trailer. Yeah. Um, so I was able to work from home and I was kind of watching and actually, and so when they showed the trailer, I, yeah, I mean, I cry a lot of things. <laughs> so, so the, and the bride, for some reason, likes this. I think she likes, I don't know why she likes it. It's not like masochistic or she's not like, ha ha ha, you're sad. I think right. she likes the fact that I've, that I'm moved by things. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best I can tell. But Ash it's, it's the so, same because I cry at shit all the time too. And it, nothing for some reason pisses me off more when I'm like having a moment with whatever I'm watching. And I see Ash going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This bride does the same thing. She's watching. She wants it's to like, see. Stop fucking looking at me. I'm crying. <laughs> yes, I'm crying. Like, yeah. just like we're watching Cobra Kai and like the when Daniel first puts on the gi oh, and gets yeah. back into karate and they play the fucking they play. That's yeah. the first time they play the music from the movies. He yeah. starts doing the kata from the Karate Kid three. I lost my shit. <laughs> Like, like I forgot it happened. Yep. I forgot I saw that. And she's just like watching me. <laughs> yep. Stop fucking looking at me. So yeah. I'm crying. So what? Yeah. So they showed the trailer for the, the you know, the conclusion of the kind of Skywalker saga, at least so we understand or whatever. 
I had no idea the word Skywalker would be involved. Anyway, she's downstairs watching it. I'm up here kind of watching it half working and all that. You can like it without fucking watching us, son. (laughs) Oh, I didn't see that. She'd like it too. Okay, I I can't get distracted. (laughs) But so she come like sprinting upstairs as soon to the to this very spot where i'm sitting and like where my right hand is now for youtube viewers she like cranes her neck around to see like the little fresh tears on my face (laughs) stop fucking looking at me let me cry i can't cry when you're looking Uh, and then yeah (laughs) and so this is kind of um a few minutes later after that we're like talking about it Actually, I can't share it because of her, you know, desire to remain anonymous. But there's a my WCTV director's chair is right here, also by my right hand. Yeah. Um, just to kind of stay out of the shot, and because I don't need it, but it's still sitting there. So she came up and she sat there, and we talked for a while. And she swung this microphone over, so so that she could talk in it. Yeah. And she did her voice for me. She's like, "My name's David, and this is how I podcast." And <laughs> I ended up sending that video to Twinkie because Twinkie tweeted from his Rocky AM uh, Twitch profile or whatever on Twitter. He's like, one of our goals is after reading this tweet, one of our goals at, here at the AM is to interview the bride. We will work to attain this honor. <laughs> that's awesome. And I was like, man, that's never going to happen. But I happen to have gotten this video of her making fun of me in podcasting. So I, I, email, I texted it to him. Anyway, so this is all the the thing that so that all happened. I cried and everything, but and uh, but so then we're talking about that moment where Ray does this like running backflip into with the lightsaber into like an on rushing Tie Fighter looking thing. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. So she's talking about it, talking about it, and then she's leaving the room, same place where she stuck her hand in earlier to grab the beer and flip us off, and she just goes on her way out. Though, if she would have done it while balancing a glass of blue milk on her belly button, I would have been more impressed. <laughs> so there oh, we go. Man, it's just it's just twisted. She's just twisted sometimes because it's like <laughs> she's a fan. We know she's a fan. Yeah, yeah, she's into. It. I mean, she's she bought- into it enough that she knows the blue <laughs> milk reference and like. Yeah, because I was like, "Is that Tatooine, a desert planet?" And that's what made her think of it. But she got, she's bought us tickets to Avengers and f- whatever the f- like. I don't even know. Like, I would, I honestly wouldn't even go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on my own. But she's uh, so that I'm grateful that she's into that. She's not into Karate Kid enough, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, Star Wars. So fucking the Star Wars celebration happens. Spoilers, if you're listening to this and you don't want to know stuff. Howdy, folks. Dave here, chiming in. As I mentioned later in the show that I would be, um, now that the show is all edited together, I can tell you how far to skip ahead if you don't want to hear any of the Star Wars talk prior to the movie being released. So if uh, you fall into that category, we'll try to do this for you uh, each time. Um, Skip ahead to 2 hours and 33 minutes. And you can uh, pick up for where we leave off for the rest of it. All right. Thanks. Goddamn Lando's on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show a picture of Billy D in costume. So many f- wonderful things happened. Um, and I, w- I was watching. I don't know if you caught up later. I also- haven't watched the panel yet, but I, we did watch the trailer because, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's, uh 
Sorry, oh, just to save the typing. We actually, we just got HBO Go so that we could be current because the world is determined to spoil that shit for us. Yeah. So all the seasons, we haven't had any kind of HBO. We've been watching it like a season behind, but we are current on the on the Game of Thrones, which has been good. Like, And that too, like I was out. There was some icky shit in yeah. that a few seasons. And I was just like, I don't need this. Yeah. <laughs> and she had heard that like it gets, you know, it gets better. And, and it really did. Like there's some nice like, Anyway, are are you watching Suds? <laughs> that was the part where it turns into us just talking to our friends and <laughs> waiting for them to type as they're able on whatever device they're on. Well, it's all, first it's on like a three minute delay because the internet, oh, like, yeah. you know, like there's a good like 45 to a minute and a half minute quarter that it's behind at any moment. We'll, we'll on keep an eye on it. Oh, yeah. God. Yes. Well, we gotta have suds on talk Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> shit. That means I gotta. I'm. I, I. The last thing I saw was the War of the Wall, and then I. What season is that? I don't even know that. But end of season five, I think. And then I started. That's not that far behind, though. I think we're only on seven or. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it. Uh, it did. It was. I was. It was. Oh. I don't know. But it got. It got. It got good in terms of like being really satisfying. A lot of great characters. And simultaneous, like, kind of character arcs paying off in, in ways that made you happy to tune in as opposed to just dreading the latest horrendous thing. The, oh, the Battle of the Bastards. You see that? Or is that... The uh, the what? Never mind. No. See? <laughs> um, okay, yeah, but the Star Wars eight. trailer. So we'll keep an eye... Uh, oh, okay, Double D dipped out because he said he's trying to stay in the dark as much as possible for Star Wars. So, which oh, I can completely respect. I can respect, appreciate that. So. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I was not going to watch the trailer, um, but I happened to be texting uh, my old baker, and <laughs> yeah. who is a huge Star Wars fan. And he's like, "Did you see the new trailer?" Blah blah blah. And he just he dropped like eight spoilers from the trailer rapid Before fire you saw it yeah 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 that he said that he talked about they brought palpatine back he like which i think twinkie told me he was on stage but i missed the first 45 and minutes in of my the... suggested videos uh because i have the trailer up the next suggested video is ian mcdermott takes the stage at uh, star wars comic-con 2019 when so. i when i mentioned it to the bride she's like is he still alive yeah <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't seem like he ought to be because of you know how old and decrepit the emperor was when we saw him playing him in the early 80s but... yeah and what yeah what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. Let's, who fucking who? Which Skywalker? Let's watch the trailer here? again. Let's watch the trailer again, and then okay. uh, then we'll come back and then we'll we'll break the trailer down. So okay, this is only second time for me. I'm ready. Yeah. So all right. So I need to do screen share, entire screen share. <laughs> Generations live in you now. But this is your fight. 
This is so nuts! <laughs> I love that. And that's like Han and Leia's theme. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, and 3PO on that ship. This fucking thing with Princess Leia. No one's ever really gone. <laughs> the rise of Star- Skywalker. Yeah. I was so unprepared for a lot there, of that. Th- yeah, there's <laughs> uh even more so than um even more so than you would think everything you were expecting to see in there was in there. And then there was so much more that you weren't expecting. Fuck man. I really wasn't prepared for there to be more princess Leia footage. Cause, and then I worried, he's like, Oh Jesus, is this computer generated? I think maybe the bride told me that it was something shot but not included in a previous movie and yeah uh, well and um i heard like right after her death uh disney went on record to say that her character would not be recreated digitally like she would not oh um and then i saw something that like they showed her daughter what they were intending to use and oh. she like signed off on it i think um this is all i don't have any sources of any of this stuff so but i think i read somewhere though that she had seen it and she approved of it essentially like because that was of course fucking star wars fans after her death that's the first thing that they did was like Instead of like mourning the loss of her, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh, of course! Now they're gonna fucking put her in as a cartoon, you know." And it's just like, "You it's fucking like pieces Cage. of shit!" Like, <laughs> you, like that's why that's why people fucking can't stand Star Wars fans is because of you pieces of shit. That that's the first yeah. thing you want to talk about, you know? Like Princess Leia just fucking died. Like, can we just like be there for a minute, you know? Um. Yeah. So my 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 baker's really torn with this trailer. Like he's he in this movie in general it seems like he really is upset. It's like if you were just he really made a case where he's like if you were just going to bring JJ Abrams back and you were going to pay all that money to get him out of contract of another movie so he could come and direct this movie. If you were going to, if if you knew there was potential, not even if you knew, but like if you were willing to do that, then why not just have signed him on to do all three and just let him do all three. Uh, it's almost like he was like, you should have either kept going the Ryan Johnson route and let another director come in and like do their take on it. 
or you should have just let J.J. Abrams do the whole thing. Like, and then what maybe a fucking weird thing to be obsessed about <laughs> for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Who gives well, a shit? Well, <laughs> I don't just understand. The continuity because now he's worried. Like his concern is that they're going to spend, that there's going to be a lot of time deconstructing everything Ryan Johnson made. Like they're going to work now to kind of break apart all of the things that he had set up. Uh, with what is that what is that one force awakens and then oh fuck um the last jedi oh yeah so um, so he feels like they're changing course somehow and yeah, adjusting like he's for worried, some reason like, that it's just going to create more division because they're going to try to retcon some of the stuff that Ryan Johnson tried to do with that, with the last Jedi. And I, I mean, I can see that position. I can see that fear of like, just stay the course you started, you know, but I don't know. This feels great, but all the other ones felt great. And I don't, I don't agree with a lot of star Wars fans about the other ones. Like I, I like, all of these so far i've liked yeah, all, I've all been, of them yeah you know even the even the side movies i've liked rogue one i liked solo, solo. i like solo I that no was idea fantastic like and and like i liked episode seven i like episode eight i'm sure i'm gonna like episode nine and uh yeah i don't know the only thing yeah it's weird i i um to try to under to try to put my like yeah so my position is is generally to just like try and enjoy things try not to look at things that would talk me out of liking what i like and when i can not to talk shit about things like if someone says they like something try not to tear it down right <laughs> like in front of them <laughs> because like if you like something like i don't want to it's not I don't want someone to try to convince me why I sh- what's wrong with things I like. So I don't want to, anyway, like all this. So, but that's how I feel about things. But if I try to understand the closest I can get to latching on to this is uh, the bride and I have a, a friend who was around for like when the, so he's just like a little bit older than us, was around when 77 Star Wars came out. And it's just like a huge part of his life. And he's a huge fan and goes to Star Wars Celebration and all this. And he's a very extroverted guy. Part of his, part of his fandom is, is the kind of, is the community, is the, is the conversation surrounding it. Yeah. Is the critiques that they, that they all, have about it and their relationship to it that dates back i guess further than our so like yeah he has all these problems with things sometimes and 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 i was railing about it like with the bride one age like look it's a different thing for him like his his whole deal with star wars probably has less to do with star wars than it does like all of these other things that have much more to do with his identity and and and, and right you know, different communities. Um, and so that's as close as I can get to understanding some of this, uh, other stuff, which I really feel like, I mean, I get, I don't know. I don't know what it has to do with it, but like for me, I, 
I was really annoyed <laughs> with episode one. And then I was committed to like, let me try to just like figure out where they're going and try to appreciate these things as I can. And so I appreciated the prequels a little bit more with each prequel. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't go back to them. But they I, don't have I, a soft spot in my heart. I feel like, no. I, yeah. I feel like no. <laughs> these new ones will. Like, they oh, are, you know, they like, do for me already. Like, they, I really like all of them. And yeah. they, they hit all the right, like, okay. I could nitpick itty bitty, but for me, it's like tonal stuff that's a little odd sometimes. Like, I don't need Luke to drink the blue milk out of the tit of that creature yeah. and wink at Ray. Yep. But it's not, I'm not that mad about it. Right. <laughs> at all. Right. <laughs> like, I'm pretty happy about the whole thing. So, but anyway, I, I guess I say that to try to, because otherwise, it's just like, I fucking like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I do. <laughs> but I guess I, I, I have to understand. I, I'm trying to understand that there's more to it than that for right. perhaps like your baker or, or, or even yourself. Like I remember you talking about seeing the other ones and kind of being trepidatious. Like I'm not sure if I can give myself emotional per- permission to like this. Just yet. Yeah. Because I did that with the prequels, you know, and then I, I realized like somebody said it. Oh, I, I showed um, the episode of Palmer's picks where we were talking about episode one and they the, watched where we saw we had seen it all or we had seen it yeah and it, okay, and yeah. we were just discussing it yeah and their response after they watched it was like you could really see yourselves working to convince each other that it was good <laughs> like it, and but all of you didn't like it <laughs> yeah even the ones who thought they did or were yeah saying yeah and I think I was adamantly I because I was just mad instantly. I was mad yeah. walking out of the theater at that. I was furious of like the mockery of the whole thing. <laughs> but I remember you, you and Twinkie were seemed into it, and I think Jackson was somewhere in between. Yeah, but uh, but at the end of the day, <laughs> now <laughs> I think probably you, you might hate them more than I do because you <laughs> because you liked them for yeah. for a minute or whatever. Well, I I mean, and again, it's this great illustration of why it's not just about the director and it's, you know, and why they're, you know, movies are made by a community of people and not by one person. I I, I really like this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just i i really look at those the, like the prequels are like a cautionary tale i i swear I, I i it's like how to take a billion dollar industry and fuck it up you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. checks and balances are good yeah that honestly like like it really wouldn't have taken much to keep it going you know but now i look at it and i'm like maybe it would have taken a lot because I just want to ask some of these Star Wars fans. I'm like, well, what's the Star what Star Wars movie are you looking for? Like what you know, it's the same thing. It's like uh the like the MAGA shit. It's like, well, what when when was the last when was the last time you would consider America great? You know? Right. Like, yeah. Where did it change for you? <laughs> where did it change? So that like cause the and it, and it's not that's not a dick question. It's like I'm trying to find a common ground to talk about. Like, okay, so like if we can find that line for you. Right. Yeah. Then we can talk about like perception and that world and try to like make connections to that world to present and 
some of the bad things about present seeing how worse they were during that time you know it's a so i want to just almost talk to some of these star wars fans and just be like well what's how can we make star wars great again you know <laughs> like you. Yeah. yeah like what would it <laughs> yeah. take like what what is for the, some people the like who are old enough the ewoks were a great offense they're like yep. Fuck this this is for kids and to sell toys but for me i got i loved the ewoks of course because yeah. i was the right age absolutely and um and i know logan's kids for example like his son loves the prequels loves them yeah that makes sense i know a lot of Good. people whose kids are <laughs> yeah. like whose kids are like yeah i'm into them like like i like the prequels you know and it's like if if at the end of the day if that's bringing in star wars fans like what are we really bitching about you know like yeah. do we want to keep this insular and like it's just <laughs> us with these like perfect three things that we keep up on a pedestal right. and we don't want anything else we don't want to grow beyond those three things and because if i have to think too deeply about them if my heroes aren't actually the heroes i think they are or um if i have to see them actually suffer and and meet the end of their journey like i don't want to have to think about that because it's not what i build in my head for it to be like that's well, just, and, you know i think that's sick and and it's not yeah Star Wars is not the, your favorite indie band that you, that's no longer cool because everybody else <laughs> likes it. Right. It's fucking Star Wars, you right. know. Right. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know. But, it is liked but, by a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I don't know. And I think what they have, I think a lot of why. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say what, what I can intellectualize uh, and about what I know about w the intentions of the newer movies. And one of the things that resonated with me most, I was like, oh, of course, this was a good idea, was the thing that I'm sure I've talked about in the show, but that I read about when J.J. Abrams came on board and was working with like Kathleen Kennedy and the team to kind of restart the franchise they w they talked to george lucas but not about like where he wanted the story to go but where he was at in his life when he came up with this and yeah. the things that were on his mind in his personal life like and the things that sort of seeped their way perhaps emo i don't they, i don't know if they told him that <laughs> right but i think that that's some of what is great about what they tapped into that at least i know that's best I can tell other than just a general tone that they've struck. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm all about it. <laughs> I've really have so been, yeah. been so pleased about the whole thing. And, uh, I'm just happy to have something that I can watch and enjoy. Right. Um, I'm trying not to spoil, uh, the two movies we'll talk about next time, but I will say I don't have like altogether glowing feelings about them and I want to. Right. And so I'm so pleased that Star Wars is something that I have historically loved and that means a lot to me as a general just like entity. And so it's been really nice to have these movies that uh, they are what I want, or at least they're as close as I could say. Right. You know, there's very few complaints I have. And so whether it's fan service or whatever, I couldn't be more pleased to see the return of old characters, to see certain familiar or 
sort of similar sound. Just to hear the word, like just to have to think about. In this, like right now, you know, we're talking about Cobra Kai and stuff. Like everything drops. Everything is at your fingertips. Right. To be able to see something like this and anticipate it and dream about and think about things like what Skywalker are they talking about? Is it Kylo Ren? Is it still Luke Skywalker? Who's obviously going to be a fucking force ghost. Right. Is it Ray after all? Or is it just like the generation of like kids who now know of his sacrifice? They were the little kids with the broom at the end of the last Jedi. That's just so fun to, it's a fun way is it, to is like, it occupy Ray my thoughts. And, and Kylo <laughs> Ren, who were actually twins, just like Luke yeah. and Leia were. Like, right. So fun. <laughs> so, I mean, there's so much speculation. Like, I don't know. I mean, we, we've come back to Do you have theories? It. Have you had things cross <sighs> your mind of like, I think it's this? No. Um, or I hope it's this. I, I really feel like it's that Kylo Ren and Ray are twins. I think that's what it is. And I would like that. Um, which sucks when you think about it because it's like, you know, she spent that time with Han Solo and he didn't tell her that, you know, she was his daughter. And but maybe Leia is it spent possible, all that though, that he's not the, f- like, because if you think about it from a patriarchal how could they be twins? How could Kylo Ren and Ray be twins? How could Luke be. Ray's no, that's gross. That's impossible. That's incest there. Because <laughs> that would mean no. I'm not saying like with Leia, but oh. like if Luke had a child with someone, they would be a Skywalker. Oh, oh, because I'm, I'm still on the twins thing. Like they're like like Kylo. Because I'm looking for, I'm looking oh, for uh, him to like be. The, oh, of course. The whole Sorry. thing is yeah. rhymes. You know, like that's yeah. a big. Yeah, which big that thing was with one of the Lucas things. Is like he likes the stuff to rhyme, and so yeah. yeah. I, I got sorry, I got lost with the fact that we know or that Kylo Ren is is Han Solo's son. Yeah, we know that's his yeah. son, and we sorry. and and Leia is his mom. So if they were twins, that would make Han and Leia her parents. Or is he really though? You know, because if you think about Luke being raised by Uncle Ben and all that, maybe I don't know. I'm just like saying oh, random yeah. shit that comes to mind. <laughs> Uncle Owen, or sorry, not I said Uncle Ben. I meant yeah. Uncle Owen and yeah. Emperor. Uncle Ben like, makes maybe, maybe some shit happened. Yeah. No, probably not. Anyway, <laughs> so there's a, a lot of speculation, about. a lot of theory. Uh, there, I saw. Uh, so they've kind of cut Mark Hamill loose to go start doing interviews and stuff like post this, you know, <laughs> I love that as a phrase, like as is the thing, because that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cut that guy loose and he's off and running. <laughs> I love it. He, so he goes on, he's on Seth Meyers. He did an interview on Seth Meyers and oh, uh, I haven't seen that yet. There's a, there was a YouTube blurb in the title of the video was, um, uh, Mark Hamill loves trolling Star Wars fans <laughs> and uh, he comes out and he they're talking about the show that he's on for the History Channel that requires a lot of makeup and he goes oh. through all this prosthetics and everything and he said I was working on a movie that I wasn't allowed to shave my beard off for and he looks at the camera and he winks at it you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh Everybody like freaks out and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I probably shouldn't have said that. Disney will probably be mad at me, but what are they going to do? Fire me. Like, 
could totally see. That yeah. was good. I like I could see him doing that yeah. in his like his yeah. expressive way. So um <laughs> so the the implication is that of course he's going to be there as a force, some kind of force spirit or you know. I mean thing. those new lines were not ones we'd heard. No, right. No. Hence them being new, but uh. so I don't know. Um I really hope that it's not that. I hope that it's not like what my my baker thinks it's going to be where it's what does that, your baker think that they're just going to spend a lot of needless time trying to fill gaps that are perceived to have been created by Ryan Johnson uh, uh for his I highly doubt that with for his deviation I think- from I I mean I will admit I I understand what what fans are talking about that the, the it I almost don't want you to tell me, but I kind of want to know. (laughs) Well, it did feel like that movie. It it the whole point of that movie is we are moving this on to new characters. We are moving away from what we know, you know, and that was really off putting. I think that's the root of what a lot of Star Wars fans' complaints are, is because they Lucas makes stuff rhyme in his movies for a reason, and that and it, it, it. yeah, one, it's great storytelling, but it's great storytelling because your audience likes things that are familiar in any kind of story you're trying to tell, right? Like they, they yeah, yeah, they don't want to have to pro- like really think about it a lot. They just want the stuff that hits all the feels in the right ways, right? So mm-hmm. once you find a formula that works, if you just keep pinging that same formula over and over again, and I think that's what Ryan Johnson was like. We're going to take that fucking formula and we're going to spit it. We're going to put it in a grinder and we're going to grind it up and spit it out and see what comes out the other side with all these new characters. And that really turned a lot of people off, I think, hmm. because they like that. The, those those feels are it's really easy to keep just pushing those feels if it's the same thing over and over again. So and I felt like there was a concerted effort to make uh, The Last Jedi the start of something new that wasn't what we were used to, you know? Yeah, Uh, yeah, I can see that. At the same time, there are familiar... (sighs) I was trying to think what you meant, like my new characters and stuff, and I guess something like Rose would make, would be who caught... That was one of the... Oh, well... Do you mind spoilers for the panel? <laughs> well, no, fu- no, I, mean, I don't care. About you know, that. people were there, like so that. Yeah, I can, but I, I know she caught, actress. like she caught some of the worst grief at all. Like, yeah, like and sick so, stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, truly, like really malicious. And I don't even really know. Like, I didn't, I look, I didn't look into it. But um, I knew uh, generally that that happened. And uh, so it's when she was on the uh, on the panel when they got to her. I think she got a standing ovation. Like it was somewhere in the middle, but they're just like when the Stephen Colbert looked to her to ask her a question, it was so like, I just like burst into tears because it was just such a, right. such a nice thing to see. Right. The outpouring of support for someone regardless. Like you knew where all that was coming from anyway. So I was trying to think like what new characters you mean? Because one of my big things about the force awakens was like, I was, I, well, I realized the big four though, like, you know, Ray, Poe, uh, Kylo Ren, Finn, yeah. and Finn. Yeah. yeah, but my my one of the bigger revelations to me, or just something that I, I didn't realize at first, but like as I thought about it more, I was like, I didn't even, 
this is gonna maybe this sounds weird, but like I didn't need Han Solo in that movie. No. Like I love these new characters. Yeah. I there I actually if I had to cut like one scene from Force Awakens, it'd be that thing with the monster on the Millennium Falcon or whatever that was. Like yeah. I, I'm not saying it was well, maybe it's kind of, I was not for me. Like I would have rather seen what those four were doing. That's not to say like, I don't like Han Solo or whatever. Right. I just mean like I was really drawn to those characters. So maybe that's why it didn't bother me. But at the same time, like I was a Luke Skywalker kid growing up. Like that was my favorite character. Right. The one I identified most uh, with. And um, so just to have that time with Luke Skywalker in that movie and he, even for him to be, a different Luke Skywalker was kind of weird. But at the end of the day, when he, that amazing scene <laughs> with the climactic scene of, uh, that fight with Kylo Ren where he's projecting himself and all of that. And ultimately, you know, that, that was, he's no longer like here with us physically. As I, I didn't think about it before today, before we were talking about this and the rhyming, but like, it reminds all I can, I keep picturing that moment in uh, a new hope where, where Obi-Wan Kenobi knows Luke Skywalker is watching him. He looks over to the side he looks back at Darth Vader and he just holds up the sword and lets him strike him down. He did that, like that sacrifice kind of knowing like whatever, but part of it is knowing like that's the future, you know? Right. And I'm going to, this is, and I can be with him and, and inspire that. And I think Luke Skywalker had lost that. Like he lost, yeah faith and he it he kind of it was renewed and rain realizing that with this sacrifice he could launch an army that could overthrow yep. the the so i don't know it all gets excited to talk about <laughs> absolutely no and and of course long walkers there's a there's gonna be just star wars talk for the rest of the year just bank on that yeah and i think what i'll do to respect some of our our longest walkers <laughs> our longest with us and long or you know our our faithful uh well i'll, I'll just do it for double d <laughs> i don't care i don't know but I'll, I'll put a little disclaimer once i know what the edited time is before yeah. we get into star wars talk and say like look you can skip to this point in the, the show like I'll cut in probably on my iPhone or something and say that, that so that you and, can avoid it if you want. And I'll help make sure that we keep our star Wars talk to a one chunk of time so that that is relevant. So there's not like 18 timestamps, like avoid this timestamp, this timestamp, this timestamp. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll just be mindful. Yeah. But, but anyway, so we're, you know, we've, we've had a, a long walk indeed. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think that's, as, I'll save the, the, the King stuff I had for just to kind of help maybe set up, some discussion about pet cemetery. Oh yeah. Supplement no, it. I think that's, uh, that's fine. Can you do, um, what was the 94 movie you were going to talk about tonight? Oh, uh, is eight seconds, eight seconds. Can we do like a 10 yeah. minute on eight sure. seconds? And then, and um, then just cause I, I want to like, make sure we give this is like, it's the 25th anniversary of 1994, which is yeah, your 1999. I would, I want to, even if it's five minutes, let's just talk about eight seconds. Um, yeah, I have a short page of notes, and a lot of it is just like, oh, this character, this character. Um, and it's a very simple s story. Uh, but eight seconds came out in 1994, uh, early in the year. And it's a biography of Lane Frost, who was a, a champion bull rider. Uh, I have no inherent interest in bull riding, but I, no. I wasn't. And am a fan of Luke Perry, um, so I went to see it because he was in it, and uh, and it's on the list because not just because I liked it, because I I guess I 
I'm trying to, I think the things that are ultimately on this list for me are had, they had an impact, like in terms of just, not just like, oh, I liked this movie. Like I saw eight seconds and I, I went out and like got my own pair of cowboy boots and like fancy shirts. Like, yeah. and I didn't wear like a cowboy hat, but I kind of did everything, but, and I didn't like try to ride a bull, but like it, 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 it influenced like the way that I went about my day to day life. That's awesome. Um, uh, I really liked the uh, the the music in it, the soundtrack, the songs. I mean, uh, um, I got and uh, I'm, not, I'm trying to remember if I was because I was a student trainer, uh, like an athletic trainer, like taping football players' ankles and standing on the sidelines of football games as a high school student because of like a childhood friend whose whose brother was doing it and so when he uh he went in so when his younger brother was in my grade and one of my few friends other than than jacko uh i think his mom thought it would be a good idea to help me socialize in high school or kind of in like since i didn't have any older siblings and it really did i mean i was all of those big guys who might have picked on me were very friendly with me because of my position on that football team. But I mentioned that because, or not on the football team rather, but on the, the sports medicine side of it or whatever. Um, but my buddy's older brother, um, was all about country music and and from Wayne County was kind of farming. So like there was communities and there was that uh, around. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm trying to remember that would have been 1993. So I think I was already hearing a lot of country music because of that, like in the, in the room, in the little sports room where we're taping up ankles and stuff. So I think this kind of stoked that a little bit more. And I just had like a little country phase. <laughs> um, but now in retrospect, I think part of the reason I love that movie is also because of John Avelson, the director yeah. who, uh, who directed Rocky, who directed the karate kid. Um, and it has that same kind of Horatio Alger kind of central heroic figure, um, around which the whole thing is built. And, uh, Luke Perry is insanely charismatic. And, and the character is like a super sweet kid, like is a, uh, or kid. He's a young, young man, like early, right. late teens, early twenties. And, um, that's part of what charms even like, so his, he goes out on the road, um, wanting to be a, like he wants to be a bull rider as a young, young child. And, uh, and then he hooks up with, um, tough Hedeman and, and Cody, uh, I can't remember Cody, Cody Lambert. Um, so these are, these are real people. And ultimately two of the stunt men in the movie, uh, the actual tough Hedeman, Cody, Cody Lambert. And Cody's like, a like a he he writes poetry <laughs> he's not like an erudite sort of like um sophisticate or something he's the cowboy bull rider who also uh, they never show him riding bulls anyway but he writes poetry and he reads it and tough is played by stephen baldwin and is like just um i mean in our small group of friends he's like a like kind of the most antagonistic sort of macho side of a pumps or something. Okay. You know, yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. But like you have someone who's like not that, especially like if you think of me and pumps as teenagers, there's a little bit of the, not to make me the hero, just make me like the smiley demure guy. Right. And then the guy that's like kind of projects a lot more confidence, but that are still somehow friends. <laughs> um, but, uh, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not like a Stephen Baldwin fan 
as a matter of course, but I fucking love him in this movie. That's awesome. He's wonderful. And the chemistry of those three as like this team of guys on the road, like riding bulls and making a little bit of money here or there and all that is, is really nice. The camaraderie of all that. Oh yeah. I like um, Stephen Baldwin. That's the blonde Baldwin brother. Yeah. In this movie, he's not blonde, but he uh, he's, he's outstanding. The, the whole cast is really, you know, there's a thing with like certain directors where, uh, things they have like kind of it's not necessarily tricks but a certain sensibilities and a lot of times they work every once in a while they don't but like it's a kind of an alchemy and magic that if you have the right cast and all of these elements that the collaborative medium that filmmaking is like Cameron Crowe like has some great movies but he has got some not so great movies that you can still see him him doing the same stuff it just doesn't quite work yeah um but i would argue that this is one of john avelson's movies that i would say like probably in order of prestige (laughs) uh it it would be definitely rocky karate kid and then everything else but i would rank this third in terms of greatness it's hard for me to say if karate kid or rocky has like you know, I don't know, but, but anyway, it's got that kind of real, it's got a lot of heart and it's, and the, the characters are so they're broad, but they really work like, and so, it, and it has, there are scenes in this movie that feel like they could be from a 1950s movie. And it does take place in like the mid eighties, um, even though it was made in 1994. So there's some stuff that's very old fashioned about it and yeah. perhaps cliched. But for me, it all just really works. The Cynthia Geary, who plays like the Lane Frost's eventual wife, like their kind of romance is like a, a puppy love and whatever. It all works. And for me, it really works. And it's predictable beats, but at the same time, it's real life. It's a real life story that has a lot of the same pitfalls. Eventually, Lane Frost does become, you know, champion bull rider. And uh, there are parts of that that don't. That, that, cause some problems in his family life and all of that kind of thing yeah. and spoilers that he dies <laughs> yeah um and uh anyway so the the chemistry of all the characters works like gangbusters for me the the the, the, the super well cast and and then at the end they run like a montage over the credits of the real people of a lot of lane frost's real bull rides you see his real wife you see real tough and and cody and um yeah, it's like it's a pretty strong likeness as well and it's easy to I don't know, it's easy to imagine all of this having it, you know, the roots in in reality. Um what else? Just a few things. Uh I love like Stephen Baldwin's always calling Lane a puss. It's <laughs> 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 a recurring thing. Which is really fun. Um Let's see. Interestingly enough for me, <laughs> just me personally, um, so long-time listener Star Wars show will know I have a deep love for Jewel, the singer-songwriter. Yeah. For quite a few years, Jewel was married to uh, Ty Murray, who is a bull-riding champion. Um, and on her third album, which might be all around like my favorite of hers called this way. There's a song, which actually the name is escaping me, but that she co-wrote, um, with Cody Lambert, <laughs> the, Oh wow. Uh, Cause they're, and so in the, in, in the 1994 film, uh, eight seconds, the stunts are performed by uh, the bull riding and stuff is performed by Cody Lambert, the real Cody Lambert, the real tough Hedeman. 
Um, oh, maybe one person whose name is escaping me and Ty Murray, who would eventually go on wow. to marry Jewel. That's awesome. So, uh, and you see Luke Perry on the, you can tell he's on the bull a few times. Um, which is kind of fun. Uh, you got Moto's buddy Vince Gill uh, <laughs> playing um, nice. lead guitar, like fronting his his band in the wedding scene. Um, what else? There's a wedding dance off. I mean, there's some yeah, there's some cheesy stuff. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, oh, this is the second of our the two movies we've done in this 25th anniversary to feature Ren- a young Renee Zellweger as just like a one night stand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's a one night stand in that. Yeah. Yeah. In reality, bites in she the early in that, yeah. scenes, you see Ethan Hawke like kiss her goodbye in a montage, and she gives him her number. And which and, he, uh, which he promptly this, throws in the gutter. Yeah. And in this, she's the person to like lure uh, Lane Frost away on the road from his uh, his marital fidelity. It's also the second of these two movies to be produced that we've discussed to be produced by Michael Schamberg, <laughs> the um, producer Reality Bites and also things like, um, I just threw them in my book, um, uh, The Big Chill and stuff. But I think it's the second Jersey film, Jersey films uh, that w- you'd see at the, I mean, the head of other 1994 films that we'll discuss, like yeah. fucking Pulp Fiction, but also Reality Bites fucking a anyway i th- i think that's i mean i think th- i think that's the general things like that i really like about it um yeah it's a very traditionally structured and paced hollywood movie with predictable beats but it really works um there's a scene at the end where uh you know it's after lane frost so lane frost like was he died of complications from being like mauled by a, a bull uh, uh-huh. uh, after. And then actually when you see the real life clips of all the shit, he, he did survive. It's, it's kind of insane. Um, but uh, so it happened in real life though. His wife wasn't actually, uh, no, his wife wasn't present when he was killed. But anyway, there's this, they do a tribute to him and it, uh, and tough heat is like up for the, the world championship and he, he not only does he win it but before he does the ride he dedicates it to lane frost you know um and then so eight seconds is like that's how long you can if you stay on the bull for eight seconds then you get a score it's like how well you did but if you right. don't stay on eight seconds then you don't um but anyway so he he stays on but he keeps riding another eight seconds in honor of Lane. Oh, oh God, he gee. Uh, the way that Fuck. they execute it, yeah. Is, which I think he, did, you know, he did for real. But um, it's really well. I mean, it's it's the payoff, like of all this stuff, and of you got this like hardened guy. But but like he says things of, you know, it's I don't know, it's a lot of like tropes, but they just they come really well. Like the or they come across really well. Like Lane Frost's dad is always criticizing him. And then there's this moment like at the end and that's a big cross for him to bear and it's really hard for him. And then there's a scene with the dad who you would know to see. I don't know the actor's name. And he's like, I know I told him I was proud of him. I know I told him he did a good job. And then he's like cracks and cries this hardened man that he's like, I don't know if I ever told him I loved him. <laughs> oh, like shit. And uh, I don't know. So it, it's just, it's really. James Rebhorn. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah, I know right. That guy. Um, and the mom's really great too. Everybody in it is really stellar. It's really simple and straightforward, but just I don't know, really touching and and nice. So if ever you think like, ah, I wonder, I I definitely I highly I highly recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I uh, 
I remember this movie when it came out was in my periphery. Like I felt like everybody was watching it. I was 14 or going 13, going on 14. If this came out earlier in the year. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Bull riding was, I had zero <laughs> yeah. interest in bull riding. Know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and that's, it, it's kind of shitty in a sense that I would watch fucking anything, but I was like, yeah, I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> No. With like no, with the guy sense. from nine oh two one oh and it's about bull riding, no yeah. interest whatsoever. And uh but I remember that being on my periphery and everybody who was watching it was talking about it. Um so uh I need to give it a fair shake for sure. If you ever get the itch, uh, it's yeah. it is, you know, I just described it, but it's not uh I don't know. It's 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 tough. Um, we got my, the bride's cousin. Like, will kind of get it in his head that he wants to watch some movie that he's always heard of, and, and yeah. then he does. Like, um, you know, Top Gun was one of them, and that's you know that's where the you don't talk shit about Top Gun comes from. Yeah. Like for I I just want to ask him one of these days. I'm like, when has one of these, based on like how he sees them and doesn't like them, I'm like, when has one of them ever? worked out for you like why do you even do this right <laughs> like, right you you never like them you know yeah. so if it's a barrier to you that it's going or to anyone listening that it's going to feel a little dated then uh, approach it with that in mind and yeah and proceed accordingly but um yeah so because uh, i th- that did occur to me at times but i you know i don't care i was i thought i think it's really it's just like Karate Kid or Rocky in the sense it's got a lot of a lot of heart. You got an underdog yep. to, to root for, and the whole thing's kind of built around that. And Jesus, um, if those movies don't feel dated when you watch them, I don't know what does. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's been ages since I've seen Rocky. Um, yeah, and there's definitely parts of Karate Kid that I don't know. Karate Kid is a little bit more naturalistic for me. I think surprisingly so. Yeah, given how, like how carefully it was uh, rehearsed and shot on video and all that. Um, anyway, but uh, yeah, eight seconds. I, I, I like it. I, I recommend it. It's huh. my tw- my second here of these twenty fifth anniversaries. Yeah, no, good deal. Yeah, but thanks for giving me the opportunity. I actually did go back and rewatch it because of this awesome um, discussion because I hadn't seen it in years and everything and. Uh, it was really, it was a really nice way to pass an evening. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Yeah, good deal. I'm looking forward. What's the next one we're going to talk about next? Episode? Oh, okay. uh, I do have it up here, but I hadn't looked chronologically. It would be, it would be the crow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> which, um, which is May 13th. Which okay. actually might shake out similarly to I don't know. Definitely will not talk about the crow because I don't have. There's nothing I could say about it that's not on episode collected on episode fifty-seven, um, including like my story of seeing it on May thirteenth, nineteen ninety-four. What would um, the next one then? So if we skip, the next one chronologically, the- whew, I almost didn't include this, and I'm not sure <laughs> we should, but is Wolf. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I know Jack that Nicholson. movie. Yeah, with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Have and, you seen that one? Uh, James Spader, is that? Yeah. As I look at the rest of these, <laughs> I don't know how influential it was t- yeah. to me. Um, but it's a tie to that, to the 50s Mar- Universal <laughs> Monsters. Like that's. It's not really, but I think it was what 
in the resurgence of movies that they were doing with like Bram Stoker's Dracula and uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and uh, even I think with like they did An Island of Dr. Moreau which came out in like 96 yeah. which is Mary a Riley documentary oh. uh, all of my, I'm pretty sure the majority of my um dis- like distaste for Val Kilmer comes from the documentary about the making of Island of Dr. Interesting. Yeah. Is that a feature thing or like, yeah, oh yeah, it's DVD? feature length. Yep. Um, cause I have the DVD, but I haven't watched it. <laughs> uh, that Val Kilmer was such a piece of shit. Prima Donna on the set of that movie. That's that, easy to imagine. That yeah. was a, an absolute, <laughs> pet project of the director like he became a filmmaker to make that movie and worked and scrimped and saved and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and promised that he could get marlon brando to shoot to get funding and backing and then Mm -hmm. went and convinced marlon brando to come and be in this movie and like which and that was like at the height of marlon brando's like he was like close to the end. So he yeah, just didn't yeah. give a fuck and like refused to commit any memory, like line dialogue or anything from the script memory. And yeah, um, yeah. Then at the same time, you have Val Kilmer that's just fucking just flat out refu- like, okay, I want to rehearse. I don't rehearse. Like, who says that to a who says that kind of stuff to a director like you know <laughs> to like, Marlon Brando? <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, no, like, like, well, to like Val Kilmer is saying that to this first time. He thought it was beneath him that how dare the studio put him with a first time director? Like, oh, jeez, of a feature of a studio feature, you know. So when there's great. Um... There's a great Ron Perl, long Ron Perlman story about that. He's in that movie, I guess, as a Marlon Brando story, but as really, I think it's in his autobiography, but I heard him tell it elsewhere. Um, and But yeah, that was kind of like, I think they were trying to see through some of those characters. Not necessarily, and it wasn't at Universal. They were trying to take the literary properties. Yeah. Uh, all this was like at uh, Dracula and Frankenstein were at TriStar Columbia and... Uh, I don't know if it was also TriStar. There was a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde they did by way of a movie called Mary Riley that's sort of told from like the maid's perspective of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yep. I I, I remember that. I like that. Yeah, that's a creepy little movie. uh, And it's cool because Jekyll and Hyde is played by uh, John Malkovich. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting. And so, yeah, I guess Jack Nicholson as a werewolf, there's there's an interest there. And I I, I, I like that. I saw that in the theater. I saw that at Lake Cinema Eight. Actually, that was my favorite oh, sure. theater yeah. um, in in the area that we grew up in. Yeah, I have very and, fond memories of that. Um, oh I, wait, Lake Cinema Eight. That's one in Barberton, Barberton, right? Yeah, Barberton. Yeah, I saw it in Barberton too. Actually, yeah. yeah it's um, funny you say that. But I yeah, remember that a cool theater. Um, even as a kid being like, "Oh, they're trying to like." I didn't know the language for it or the words for it, but like a modern telling of that, uh, of that story, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, almost, it, I know it's not the same thing, but it, it reminds me of 
what you talk about you want to do with Frankenstein is like tell Frankenstein in the modern era, you know? Oh, and, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause if I remember right, there is no, like there, they don't make any illusion that they're, that this, that the other, the werewolf mythos exists in, in, in wolf. Like they were, they kind of, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we will do it uh, just because you've seen it. And because next time we'll be talking about those other movies. Oh, those other scary movies. There'd be yeah. less to say about Wolf, perhaps, than some of these other, like some of these okay. are pretty heavy hitters, like impactful, whereas Wolf is kind of like, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so maybe it'll be a more of a, a shorter one. Okay. That we just, uh, I might not rewatch it or anything like that, but we could just talk about what we remember sure. of sure. it. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the, yeah, for this opportunity to think about these. It's been nice. I like, I like that, you know, it's great to be able to think about shit like Star Wars and Wolf. Yeah, <laughs> and Wolf. Seconds yeah. for Christ's sakes. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I got to get off here because yeah. I, I yeah. was up and I got to work in the morning. So Indeed. Um, well, it's been a very satisfying uh, walk and drink. Absolutely. For Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. So I'm glad. Completely. You- if some of that was pretty, pretty big stuff. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just glad that your hot dog is straw free, man. Thank so, you very much. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up and get the hell out of here. So um, if you're listening to this uh, and you're not a subscriber, do us a favor and, uh, and head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, search Long Walk Short Drink. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to get to our unique URL. I think we're sitting right at 84, 85 subscribers. We kind of plateaued. Um, if you're listening to this on a podcast app and you're not subscribed, subscribe on that podcast app. Or even better, why don't you write us a review on any of those platforms? That would be awesome because that gets the word out there. Uh, even if you want to tell us how shitty we are, so that way we can improve. Um, head over to audibletrial.com slash LWSD to sign up for your free Audible book. Uh, trial and get your free audiobook download unfuck yourself yeah as we um, get ready for our uh, book club episode on unfuck yourself where we'll have double d on and dave and i and we'll talk about that book Um, very short very short book very approachable and uh the audible version is read by gary john bishop who is a scotsman which i've not heard but that's i actually it is fantastic it is it's a great audiobook and uh and when you say scotsman you can you actually can understand what he's saying though he's not (laughs) i could see where it's like you're listening to it it's like this sounds awesome but it's not helping me at all (laughs) like because i don't know anything what he's saying (laughs) no it's not like that Listen uh, to a uh, pet cemetery as read by Michael C. Hall yep. for to prepare for next week's and or next I, episode. I just Which actually I have some notes on like some of the Stephen King stuff that I took notes on in that interview was his recollection and stuff was sparked by him listening to that. I like, yeah. took the time to listen yeah. to the new, and that was part of how he re- revisited it recently, uh, which I thought was kind of cool because we did that too. Um, I was just thinking you know. of the, it, and it popped in my head. You could also download the Stephen Weber reading of it, which is fuck yeah, that is a tour de force. That's the yeah. most awesome audiobook I think I've heard in terms of this like epic and character performance so far. That yeah. and Blood Meridian, but but Blood Meridian's different. <laughs> yeah, that is different. You gotta. It's more of like a tone piece. I'm excited <laughs> so. for you to get to uh, book four, The Dark Tower, because that's my what I consider to be one of the, like the best read audiobook is. Wizard and which one Black. is that? Wizard, Frank 
Frank Muller or Frank Muller, George? yeah. Okay. Which I'm listening. I just started at Pupil today. You could get different seasons in which Frank Muller reads at Pupil. Different seasons is the collection. Yeah. Which features at Pupil, the body, which is the basis Stand By Me. Um, read Shawshank Hayward Redemption. and the Shawshank yeah. Redemption, which yeah. is. And uh, Breathing Method. Does he read Very all cool. four of those? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I couldn't just remember if they brought Apple other Apple, narrators yeah. in for the other. Like he, I know he read Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption and App Pupil. I couldn't remember if he read the other two. So yeah, yeah. So a lot of good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> um, you can always email us at um, lwsdpod at gmail Follow us at Twitter at lwsdpod. Other than that, I think that's it. You got that's anything else, buddy? No, sir. No, no sir. All this right. was I'm spent. Well, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, Long Walkers. This is Palmer wishing you a happy two weeks until we see you again, where we'll be talking about us and maybe we'll have uh, Ash on for that conversation. I'm going to try great. to see Pet Cemetery between now and then, especially since it only has such a low rating. <clears throat> I definitely want to get in there this weekend to see them so that way they before they get out of the theater. So. Looking forward to that on next episode. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, get on some that, rest. Yeah. Hope you sleep Jesus. much better On tonight. that one, we will uh, <laughs> call it a night. So uh, this is Palmer signing off. All right. This is Dave signing off. Cheers, Long Walkers. Take yep. care, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. We'll see you next episode. <laughs> <laughs>